Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports. And today we're going to be a, doing a big heaping spoonful of comic books today because we are going to be talking about me and Mrs. Mrs. Jones. Jessica Jones. We're going to be talking Jessica Jones today, the Netflix series. And with me today, as always, when I'm talking comic books, Kevin Miller. How you doing, buddy? Not too bad. How are you doing? I am doing great. Coming off a uh, pretty decent week betting NFL-wise. I just need one more Vikings win, and I pretty much have my Christmas money covered for Ooh. the rest of the year. So that's um, – I'm feeling – Really? Is it that. worth going back and listening to these NFL podcasts? <laughs> because no, not my spread, all updates. Not my spread picks because – like my picks against the spread if you've been keeping track all all year have been not terrible but i'm only one game above 500 so week to week i haven't been great Mm -hmm. but as it was with baseball and football i'm pretty good at zeroing in on the teams that i think are going to be good or bad over the course of the entire year and then eventually you just hit a big week (laughs) no 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 not hit a big week but i at like at the beginning of the year they'll do the over-unders for win totals and and whatnot and i went five for five i when we did the baseball pod I was like, these are my five big ones, and I went five for five on those, and I had them on a five ticket and a three ticket, so I won a buttload of money in baseball this year. Mm-hmm. And then my my three big ones for football, as far as the over-unders, I had Minnesota, Arizona, and New England, and Arizona and New England both cashed last week, and I just need, in order to complete the three-team ticket, I just need Minnesota. They've got five weeks, or no, let's see, 12, six shots at getting one win, so... One would think, all, all they, unless they completely fall apart and I'll hate the Vikings forever, <laughs> I should, uh, <laughs> I should have my my Christmas money coming soon. But we're not talking football today. I was gonna say I understood nine of those words. Yeah, <laughs> we're not talking football today. We're talking Netflix. Jessica Jones. Uh, did you get through the entire series? I did. I finished up last night. Excellent. I I, myself. I took it easy. I didn't. I didn't binge it all in one weekend. I binged it in five days instead. (laughs) Nice way to go. Way to show a little restraint because I showed absolutely none. I had that done Friday morning or Sunday morning. Like I basically woke up early and finished the last two episodes on Sunday morning. So I was just so so excited. An hour every three hours, basically. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. It was. It was quite the quite the scenario. Um, I gotta tell you, I feel overall. It, well, first off, let's just go ahead and say, spoiler alert, big, fat, stinking, Dirk Diggler, spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. If you're listening to this podcast sun. five days after the show's over, I mean, you have to expect we're going to be talking about all yeah, of it. <laughs> we're, ta- we're talking about the whole enchilada with Jessica Jones. So if you haven't seen it yet, pause it now and come back when, when you've seen the whole the whole. Pause this episode for 13 hours. Yeah. (laughs) And they come back. Yeah. Because that's basically what we got a 13 hour movie. I got to tell you, this one, this Jessica Jones show, Mm -hmm. unlike Daredevil, which I felt watched like a 13 hour movie, I felt like this Jessica Jones show could have done better if it was week to week. What do you think? Um,. I eh, I don't know. I, I hadn't considered it honestly. Um, I think that there. <laughs> I think that uh, it, it's fairly slowly paced. Um, not as many you know big drawn out fight action scenes as there were in Daredevil, as far as I can recall. Uh, I think that if it was only one episode a week, I mean you're proof positive that that would have been far too slow. <laughs> 
No, that's just me and my, I like, don't, I wouldn't use me as an example for that because I have absolutely no patience. So if you give me all of it at once, I'm going to, I'm going to plow through it. But yeah, I, I don't know. I might be the wrong person to ask this question because you may very well be right, but I like watching an entire season of something at a time with no interruption. I just, this one, unlike Daredevil, there's, because let me just get it right out on Front Street. I'm, I'm little miffed at what I've been reading with some of the recency bias, what, what I'm what I'm considering to be recency bias okay. on this show, I'm reading a lot of people that I respect greatly their work and what they do, and on the internet with reviews and 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 television shows and stuff. But a lot of people have been calling this Marvel's best television series, and I'm here to pump the brakes on that one because. Ooh. This series is not better than Daredevil. I'm going to no, go. Right, I, I don't think so either. I'm going to put that right out there on front street. Don't get me wrong. I think it is very good. Yes. I'm going to, um, this is a solid, solid, I want to say like 8.8 out of 10 or 8.9 out of 10, or I, I might even go as high as a nine out of 10, but this series was not better than Daredevil. There is a lot of fluff and we'll get into specifics later. There's a lot of fluff and a lot of stuff that was hard to swallow, but I remember Alan Steppenwall, who does is the main critic for HitFix.com, and I encourage everyone to go and read his stuff. He is fantastic. He is a, a person that I one day aspire to be. He is absolutely brilliant. I cannot give him enough credit, but he wrote, and I think he did a fair breakdown of this series, but the title of his article was also um, – Jessica Jones is Marvel's best and darkest series yet. And I was like, no, 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 it is not. And then I read it and he, he expressed his problems with the series as well. It could be his darkest. <laughs> oh, it was definitely darkest. That, that yeah. came from debate. Look at that, definitely. But best is, is not correct. This was not better than Daredevil and that's just recency bias talking. And Andy Green. And I agree, but I can see where someone would have that opinion and maybe we can talk about that. <laughs> I suppose. But like Andy Greenwald also uh, referred to the, the aka like the alias series as the most important and andy greenwald's another guy that i have a tremendous amount of respect for uh-huh. <laughs> on the former grantland uh the now defunct grantland.com but he on his podcast said that jessica jones was the most important or he might have said one of or the most important he might have qualified it in some way <laughs> yeah it, it, but he basically referred to it as the most important comic book series of the last 20 years whoa you know slow down there pretentious patty because that is just absolutely not true although i guess if we're talking exactly 20 years then that uh it, you know i think the uh, batman the animated series may be uh, before that <laughs> that's true but he, he's i think he's he was just strictly talking comics not the show not yep. like the actual comic, like oh, okay. his comic book series, mm-hmm. which is even more ridiculous. But like, I was just like, that that's just, it was a real slow down, Tubby. You're not on the moon yet. Type of <laughs> I, I just, I, that, that, did you get a chance to read? Cause I lent you the first two volumes of the, the alias series. Did you get a chance to read any of the comics before you actually saw the Jessica Jones show? I did. Uh, you, we came over here, we recorded in studio our preview for the Jessica Jones, including the uh, ridiculous Purple Man commentary that we did for 20 minutes. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, and then you left, and I basically read them right away, both of the two that you gave me. I, I hadn't tracked down the other two that you mentioned, but um, yeah, I, I blazed right through them. I Mar- enjoyed them a lot. <laughs> yeah, they, they were really good. Marvel was not out in front of that 
in wake of the series because I would have liked to have gotten, I had to go digging for volumes one and two, and I would have liked to have gotten three and four, but unfortunately they didn't get out in front of that. Yeah. And I was explaining it to, uh, I was explaining it to Dave, uh, who's an occasional guest on this show. Um, and basically said like, you know, here are the first two volumes, you know, Pierce tried to get the volumes three and four, but you know, it's this probably not very popular series from 10 years ago. It was kind of difficult. <laughs> yeah. It was the first one. Cause it has the max rating on the front. It was the first one that Marvel did, uh, for that was listed as for mature audiences only. Yeah. Mm. It's the max title series. I mean, I really enjoyed it, but it certainly wasn't the most, one of the most important comics of the last 20 years i just i if i could go through vertigo's entire lineup and say that damn near everything that they've done is probably more significant than jessica jones but jessica jones is a fantastic read if you like that film noir type stuff which they absolutely pumped into it's a detective story set in a world of supervillains. <laughs> yeah which they which they put into this show so i guess we can get in into the specifics of the show yeah, definitely. I what did you think? Just completely ancillary to the show. What did you think of the actual opening credit sequence? Um, now again, I shotgun this on Netflix, so I basically saw it once, maybe twice, and then after that, it would just be like, okay, we're gonna just jump cut you an hour, a minute, and twenty seconds into the show and skip the intro. Um, the intro had a lot of feeling of the trailers. Um, I. I enjoyed it, but like most Netflix original series, the intro is like a minute too long. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I didn't mind it the couple times I did see it. <laughs> I, I really liked it because it, it gave like this slow kind of almost. It, it was like it reminded me of the score from Sin City, yeah, which I kind of liked. That, and yeah, they did definitely. that slow with like the purple and, and the splash colors, and where it kind of looked like. Well, it, and it was uh, it was doing the it was doing the noir thing, like it was yeah. like the the you know. The lounge music of the 1930s and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, very good. It was definitely better because I will say they had a much better... One thing that they did top Daredevil was the opening because the opening for Daredevil was awful. It played like this slow Mad men type intro and oh, they yeah, just like bled stuff into... It was like stuff would drip and then shape into like the Empire State Building and then the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, it was... Uh, um... That was not a good intro. I, I I preferred the intro to the Jessica Jones one because it was very artistic and, and painterly and you could see that it had that. Whereas the um, Daredevil one was just entirely fairly sterile CG. And so not a whole lot of visual interest there for in my taste. So, eh. Yeah, the first episode, which was titled AKA Ladies Night, had a... I, they, they, they bit off the comic book on a couple of occasions mm -hmm. as it, like the opening of the show was absolutely the same as the first yeah, volume panel for panel. basically. Yeah. They basically did panel for panel, the opening where you hear somebody, it, it slowly, you basically get the hallway and you see the door that says alias investigations and you hear somebody arguing with Jessica Jones. Yeah. You ruined my life. <laughs> yeah. And the guy goes, yeah, you ruined my life. And then, she throws him through the window <laughs> and says, then there's the small matter of your bill. Yes, they use that uh, frame for frame. They also use the mercy killing line when she threw that dude's com uh, camera. That was straight out of the, uh, right. Yep. That, that was straight out of the, uh, that guy was like filming her with the camera and then she destroys it. And she goes, well, you broke my camera. And she goes, mercy killing that. That was a line straight out of the comic book. Mm -hmm. And, 
the laser eyes thing was the other thing that they stole straight from. Oh yeah, oh, and she was like, I will. Yeah, she was like, I will melt you with my laser vision. <laughs> the guy's like, Oh god, and she doesn't actually have it, and it's hilarious. Now I'm kind of happy that they beat Deadpool to the first sex scene. Yep. And, and <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad that they stole that because I hate Deadpool. I hate everything it stands for. I hate everything it's about. And I'm really glad that they beat, that they stole that mantle. Because honestly, it feels like Deadpool is really banking on being like, hey, now, hold the- on a moment. So what are we, what are we counting as the first sex scene here? Because I'm pretty sure that Tony Stark was having sex within the first five minutes of Iron Man. <laughs> uh, that's true. But, and, and I mean, these, but that was. He didn't uh, linger on it. Yeah. There wasn't several times in the same episode. Yeah, there wasn't like hard thrusting and you know headboards like banging the wall as everybody is trying to. There was no oral. There was certainly no implied oral sex in uh, this show or in in. Iron Man, as there as there certainly was in this show, and we, we can get into that ridiculous scene later because I, I didn't buy any of that nonsense. I'm just I'm really uh, glad they beat Deadpool to the first like I guess not really hardcore, but the first I guess it qualified as a softcore porn scene maybe. Although you don't, oh, it's it's, it's PG thirteen. <laughs> that's true. It was PG thirteen, but with with. I, I, they stretched it as far as you could with PG thirteen. Well, they didn't romanticize it, right? It was very. Yeah. There's no music. It's just two people who can kind of like each other going at it. Like it wasn't, you know, supposed to be funny. It wasn't supposed to be, you know, romantic. It was just what it was. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it might have come off a bit more harsh in that sense. Did they do? And th- th- this is is a debate that we might have. Do you feel like they did the butt sex scene? That was. Uh, I like I don't definitely <laughs> flipped over. Listen, he definitely flipped over, and Luke Cage positioned himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God damn it! And then they did the. This thing is the last time we're talking about this. <laughs> it's the most important comic of the last twenty years, Miller, and it had. I'm sick of talking about this scene. But yes, they certainly threw something in that could be interpreted oh, as butt sex. That was so great. That I, was for I, you, for specifically. Abs- I laughed absolutely. when that happened on screen. Because like, they did the thing where, where the, the guy who, Mike Coulter, the guy who played uh, Luke Cage, and I mean, my God, what a body on him. Like, when he was just there, and he had like the, like, because they did the, the another frame-by-frame thing where she was in the in the washroom, like, you know, mouth washing and he was sitting on the bed and stuff and just had mm-hmm. you know the back muscles just glistening i'm like oh my lord rippling in the breeze my lord what a what a vision what a vision what did you feel they used um as as a proxy for carol danvers because in, in in the comic books carol danvers is the the best friend that jessica jones goes to all the time which makes sense because they're both alcoholics. yeah and she's the idealistic sort of uh you could have been a hero type <laughs> and yeah and, and they're both alcoholics so they both understand where they're coming from in in that respect mm-hmm. enablers but, yeah they're kind of kind of enablers. what did you feel about this trish walker character that was played by rachel taylor I mean, they were reaching way back for the Patsy Walker character. They, they she hadn't been used since the '40s. I was going to say I recognized that name, but didn't know from what, and it ultimately didn't matter a whole lot. No, yeah, they they basically they used Trish Walker in the 
forties when she was Pat, she was Patsy Walker. I mean, uh-huh. it's very meta character because you see the guy, they, there's the one episode where they think someone's coming to kill her. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as she goes on the, on the uh, radio mm-hmm. and basically just lambast Kilgrave. And uh, then the first guy to approach her after that, because Jessica's like, that wasn't a very good idea. You just painted a big target on your back. <laughs> and then like, you know, some fan approaches her and, Gets the I think he got maced and punched in the stomach or something. Yeah, yeah, he basically got sack yeah. or something. And it, it, when he when she sacks him, he falls down and he drops an actual comic book from the forties of Pat, like the Patsy Walker comic book. Oh, okay. And you know, because he was like, I want an autograph. <laughs> That's he was just yeah. like trying I'm to. Your biggest me. fan. Oh, yeah, in a blood. <laughs> exactly. And she, yeah, they hadn't used that character since the forties, and they brought her back sometime in the 90s ish i think I, i'm not Sounds exactly like the 90s, all right because <laughs> it was from they used her they changed her name and she became like patricia walker instead of uh patsy walker yeah and started naming herself hellcat which made sense because she ended up marrying uh damien the son of satan which was one of their marvel's mm, comic yes. labels which i never read because i never had any interest in damien son of satan that was just not something I was ever going to read. Oh, no, yeah. So, so, I mean, but what did you feel overall with that character as opposed to, because we all know why they couldn't use Carol Danvers because they wanted to show Yeah, her. and I was like, I think this is supposed to be the Carol Danvers stand-in before they officially announce and do anything with Carol Danvers. So I'm like, let's see how it works out. And I'm generally pretty happy with how that character developed. I mean... <laughs> no? Dissenting opinion? No, not dissenting. I have vast problems with... I have a couple problems, don't get me wrong. I have... I, I thought her character was, was, was great, other than the kind of shoehorned-in mother storyline. Although the mother was played by Rebecca de Mornay, which was monstrously hilarious to me. Oh, I like that, actually. Yeah, I hadn't seen her in a while. Like, I, it worked. It worked in the in the context of the show. I had problems with it because it felt really shoehorned in in the last three or four episodes. What I didn't like about her was the fact that I think within one episode, possibly two, she, she was went sleeping. from being almost killed by Simpson to sleeping. sleeping with him. Yes, absolutely. Now, I realized one of the... the and for, for a show that has so many, like sort of hidden and in many cases very outright rape allegories yes. you know it, they said it in game of thrones mind you don't rape. You don't sleep with a girl <laughs> like girl doesn't sleep with you on the day she almost got raped <laughs> it, it, yeah and it felt like it felt like that happened a, a day after like maybe two tops right yeah, like Jeez. the guy basically snapped out of it. He kind of tried to investigate a bit through Jessica and then went back to her to make amends. And maybe she was slow to accept him at first. But yeah, within, I mean, I'm not sure what the timeline of the series is really, but it feels like within a few days in canon. Yeah, but and the, the overall arc of this sh- uh, show, it feels like it takes place, what, what would you say, over a month? Uh, I'd say more than that. It felt like maybe like six weeks to two months because you kind of got the impression that Luke disappeared for a while. Yeah. And not just like, you know, a day or two. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it feels like it's all very immediate and a concern once they realize, oh, Kilgrave's in town. But, I mean, it also... There also has to be time for Hope Schlotman to be in prison and suffering. There has to be time for her to develop a fetus, you know? Yeah, There has to be time for divorce proceedings to proceed in the case of uh, Hogarth. Oh, God, that plotline. Good. (laughs) Good God in heaven. That... that, I mean, I didn't... I wanted to save that like a fine wine. That, That... awful divorce plot because that that was where my 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 problems with this series really lie we, we can put a pin in that one for now that's up to you sir <laughs> uh, just yeah just put a pin we'll, we'll build up to that because that's that's the problem that was the thing in the show that i have a massive problem with but we can absolutely get into carrie ann moss mm-hmm. and her character i don't know if you know this because you i don't know if you read a lot of iron fist but she's paying, playing a off-script, gender-bent version of Jer- Jerry Hogarth. I had a feeling. Who is Jerry Hogarth on the Not that I know who that is, but from the name and the fact that I didn't know who it was, I'm like, this is somebody, but I don't think it's supposed to be... Yeah, Jaron Hogarth... Sleeping with two women. <laughs> yeah, Jaron Hogarth in the comic books is essentially Danny Rand's... Uh, Danny Rand, who is Iron Fist and who is going to be a show. He is essentially Danny Rand's... I don't want to say Alfred. He's more like his Lucius Fox. Like he runs his company when Danny's not there. And basically when Danny, you know, is in trouble and he knows that he's Iron Fist and stuff like that. And and when Danny goes off and, and, but he's a good dude and so forth. Yeah. Carrie Ann Moss's character. And I thought she was fantastic. Well, actually I thought everybody was fantastic in this series, but Carrie Ann Moss, especially, um, even though, I have vast problems, like I said, with it. With the I didn't know who she was at first. Like, I, I knew that Carrie Moss was in the series, but the first time the character showed up on screen looking exactly like Robin Wright's character from House of Cards, another Netflix original series, I'm like, oh my god, is that Robin Wright? No, wait, it can't be. Yeah, oh man. It was like, just... They looked and kind of acted exactly the same, and I'm like, oh, okay, well. Well, it was just, it, it was just ultra-powerful businesswoman who takes no nonsense right that's like, always, that's to, always the, to the way that they dressed and the haircut like i'm like these are the same yeah, characters the super republican short lady haircut yeah yeah true, true the i mean not that i mind it's a good look on both of them but it's true uh i just it, it was the way they played her character because she because she is supposed to be a gender bent version of jaron hogarth jerry hogarth they called her it was so off script. Like at no point do I believe Carrie Ann Moss is going to go on and become Danny Rand's. Yeah, help him run the yeah, help him confidant and help him run the Rand Corporation. And I'm actually curious now because I had is, no idea who this character was. Again, I assumed it was somebody. But if there's yeah. some Iron Fist crossover, I'm kind of excited to see that her story might develop a bit more. Now that she's felt some pathos in the last two episodes of this, yeah, it, 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 I, I was glad that that trio of ladies eventually came to something. Yeah, not only eventually came to someone, but a couple people. I want to say got what was coming to them for their infidelities and hubris. Yes, quite frankly, <laughs> and and frankly, sociopathic behavior. I mean, you can kill Kilgrave all you want, but uh, she was fully complicit. Oh God, I just. That, that's the thing. I, I mean, of, of all the things I have in this show, th- this is why this series is not better than Daredevil. Okay. There are 
monstrous, monstrous leaps of faith. I didn't want to get into this that early, but I, but I, I just, I can't help myself. There were so many monstrous leaps that you have to take in, in, in the, the, the way they, they did this. And one of them was the fact that they had Kilgrave captured mm-hmm. three separate times in 13 episodes. Three, Miller. And he, three? Three. And, they, and he escaped three times because of characters and people not behaving in the way, not, not necessarily in real life, but in the way that they've set up those characters to act and pursue like the character of Kilgrave. It just, it did not make a lot of sense. You had to take monstrous leaps of faith in order for them to stretch the series out into 13 episodes. And there, I think was the biggest problem with this series. I think it should have only been 10 episodes instead of 13, or they should have spent, they shouldn't have gone to Kilgrave right away in the first episode. Like he was right there. Remember in, in Daredevil, it was, it wasn't until like the end of episode three or, uh, it wasn't until the end of episode three or four where we actually saw the Kingpin. He was always just met, mentioned in like people would always be like, you know, don't say his name. We don't say his name and stuff like that. And we, we, we I, I want to say it was earlier than that, but like we might have seen like the back of his head or something <laughs> like that's it. Yeah. yeah like, not even was, heard him speak. <laughs> or he was talking on an intercom or something like that. Right. But we didn't see him in the flesh until I think the end of episode three. The Internet will correct me on that one. Yeah, there's the there's the I don't remember which episode exactly, but it's the ending where he uh, buys the painting. Yeah, he's staring. We see him staring at the painting. Yeah, and she goes like, "What do you see?" And he goes, "I see nothing" or something like that. Yeah, but that again. <laughs> oh yeah, it was very good. They had him captured three times. Like one time was when they shot him in the neck with the dart, and then they were dragging him to the to the CDC room, which I have monstrous problems with as well. Like what a plot abyss that is. Uh, they were dragging him to the CDC and they got him halfway there. And then the other guys who only showed up with tasers just started tasing Jessica Jones. And it's like, punch him in the face and knock him out. And, and they were really loose with Jessica Jones's superpowers in this. Which I, I didn't mind that, actually. For the sake of plot, though. For the sake of plot, though, which is, is lazy, lazy writing to me. Eh. I just, I had problems with that. So, yeah, they had the one where she... she you know, like they, and then she tasers him and they, they grab his body and, and get him away. So that was the first time they captured him and he got away. Mm-hmm. The second time when they actually, she again stabs him in the neck with the dart and then drags him and they actually put him in the thing. Mm-hmm. And then they've got him. Jerry cuts the cable on the safeguard. <laughs> which, for what reason? For what reason? Because, and, and this was actually probably... Well, I know what I know for what reason. It's not a very good reason. Yeah, I know. For a, And that was the thing. It was a ferocious reason. Although, I guess, one of the main figures in this series, that, that pre- predominantly figures in this series, is the women get to be front and center, right? Like, they get to be the ones kicking ass, and they get to be the ones making the poor decisions and making... Yeah, sure, because the only man who kicks ass and then also stays a cool guy is Luke. Absolutely. <laughs> and, I mean, his, his series is coming up next. I, I After this one, I certainly can't wait for that. Oh, God, it's gonna Because be I never thought I would say this going into it and not really knowing the character, but just as a quick aside... 
Uh, Luke Cage is a precious cinnamon roll who's too pure for this world. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> like well, we'll, we'll get into more of What a teddy bear. <laughs> and, well, he's way more badass in... in oh, in, I'm sure that he is. Badass don't get me wrong, he is, but, like, he was the one, like, on the morality scale <laughs> yes. that I think came out the cleanest in this series. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Cause... With the possible exception of, like, you know, poor dead Ruben. <laughs> yeah, that fucking guy, those two. Oh, my lord. Uh, but, uh, so, I just... <coughs> pardon me. Because it was so ridiculous that she cut the cord to free him, it was... I mean, I think you could say the most progressive thing in this series wasn't just that the women get to kick ass and stuff, but it was also that they get to make horrible mistakes because the last three or four episodes of this show were predicated on the fact that Carrie Ann Moss's character couldn't keep her dick in her pants. Yeah. Honestly, like basically, she's like, I'm an insanely powerful district attorney who will do these crazy things, and I'm, I'm you know, one of the top... Well, and here's the thing now, and 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 here's where I'm gonna play devil's advocate a bit, and right. maybe I'm just trying to explain away too many problems because I agree with you. I don't like the way that her story kind of went during this series. Um, if I had to rate it out of ten, I'd probably give it a five or so because you know it was. I'm at a was, two. I'm at a two. It was it was that, like at a two that. or three for me, but I'm glad that she got some comeuppance and learned the error of her ways. But now I'm excited to see how she might affect how but that might progress in, I don't a, in an time, Iron Fist series. But I'm willing to bet that she got just as much screen time as David Tennant. Uh, I mean, might I, be right, yeah. Because, I mean, David Tennant's not even in, like, the first four episodes. True, but uh, that's a travesty. That's a travesty. Carrie Ann Moss's character, and especially her stupid uh, secretary, whatever. Pam. Pam, or whatever. My it's, God. it's Pam, and I realized that because the first time they said it in the show was, again, like, I'm just gonna say this, I didn't even mention Luke Cage's name for, like, the first six episodes. <laughs> We're just supposed to know who this guy is. That's true. Um, and the, whenever, the first time they mentioned Pam as, like, the secretary, I did my best Mallory Archer impression. I was like, Pam! <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. But, I mean, like, that one, like, I had so many problems with her cutting the cord because, like, you cannot have your cake and eat it, too. You cannot have her play this lawyer. <laughs> hey, Cody, do me a favor, and then I'll set you free to destroy more people's lives. Exactly. Like, you cannot have, oh, the guy who. And also, I have no reason to su suspect that you'll do me a favor. <laughs> yeah, and, and for what? So that I can get my wife to sign my divorce papers so that I can. Keep 90% of my money. <laughs> yeah, keep 90% of my money and have sex with my partner who's manipulating me into doing stuff that I shouldn't be doing and it's like oh, she got the ultimatum I mean yeah I don't blame I don't blame Pam at all for this I Pam is in a terrible position well, she well yeah well you put yourself in a terrible position when you sleep with a married woman Miller well, okay so you get what you yes. deserve when that listen happens. listen I'm with you I'm glad she's where she is right now on death row I, but I had this thought too and I'm like this is and I, I didn't know exactly how it was gonna play into it but as soon as I realized that uh uh, Wendy was a doctor. I'm like, well, this is going to play into something. <laughs> They're going to need to go to her out of desperation at some point, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and then, uh, I'm glad that A, they did, and B, that they needed to also go to Rosario Dawson in the finale. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm glad that that happened. Great to see her again. Really happened. Really a little happened. disappointed we didn't get Daredevil. I, but... And especially considering all the times somebody said, I need a lawyer, 
in that yes. show. That, yes. That we didn't get. <laughs> How many seats were in the same interrogation room? <laughs> yeah, in the same. Although I did appreciate that the, it seemed like they used the same set for. Yeah, both. Yeah. The, the, for the police station? And you know what? I, I would have to go back because I think I'm going to watch uh, Daredevil again now. And maybe I can talk about this on a later episode that you and I record. Um, but I think that even some of the same extras are playing cops. <laughs> that's awesome. If that's true, fantastic job by them. But yeah, I, I can't believe we didn't. I mean, we got mentions of Daredevil. Like Rosario definitely mentioned Daredevil, although Daredevil with, guy. <laughs> Daredevil with his heightened sense of hearing might be the worst possible guy you could send to try to fight Zebediah Kilgrave. But yes. And, uh, <laughs> it's like, I hear really well. <laughs> and I was thinking that too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you really can't bring him in, but I, I, I couldn't believe that they didn't do, of all the times that I was, I, I get that we didn't see Daredevil, I didn't think there was any reason we couldn't and one of my minor have gotten Matt Murdock, right? One of my minor nitpicks for the series, actually, is that, yeah, I didn't figure we get Daredevil. I figured we get Matt Murdock. Um, one of my minor nitpicks is that for a series that also claims to take place in Hell's Kitchen, they never mention that in the show that, that itself. They only mention it in the marketing. <laughs> and you think that someone would have mentioned the devil of Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, they, they never... Like, yeah, they no mention at all. Like, they didn't mention the, in, the, the incident, and they did, they always said... And I don't understand the refusal to refer to the characters by their names like they always said like oh we could call the flag waver and the big green guy and his friends like just fucking say their names like they're, i don't they're playing a coy i get I, it. they really are i just i mean they're, I, they're too clever by half sometimes I, they're, yeah they've they're, earned it, <laughs> i suppose but they're out in front of themselves at this point i mean i don't understand i'm just like we're here this is year eight of this stuff like just well, keep, keep giving me the mentions and stuff. Like, just say the Hulk, say Captain America. I guess because it legitimizes them, legitimizes them within the series if you say their names, and then you start wondering, like, hey Jessica Jones, why don't you put a call into, you know, Iron Man and have him come and blast Kilgrave into dust or something like that? I, I yeah, more or less. I, uh, I was, I was. Well, I don't know. I think the thing is, is they put that stuff in for people who are looking for those references to just kind of, eh, here's a little hint. If you blink, you might miss it. And that's enough. <laughs> like, I get it. I, I understand why they're doing it. I don't necessarily like it, but I get it. <laughs> now, just going back to what I was saying before, because I didn't get to finish. So the first mm. time sorry, they shot, no, it's all right. Uh, it was fantastic by us there. The, the, the first time they shot him in the neck and then the dudes in the van came and got him away. Which I liked. Then Jerry Hogarth, that one made the most sense. Jerry it Hogarth because it's a failsafe, and I like it. It was great, and it made it kind of set up the precedent that all throughout the the rest of the season that he had these failsafes that either someone would do that. something unspeakable if he was attacked because he had controlled them to do so, programmed them to do so, or that he would have some other way out of it. Yeah, makes sense. So that he could be alone with Jessica in a room when he couldn't control her and not fear for his life constantly. <laughs> The other one was, the, the second one was obviously the completely just irrehensible Jerry cutting the cord so that he could get out. So that Sorry, she, irrehensible. Just, just, it was terrible. It was terrible. Let's, let's call it reprehensible. Which reprehensible. Is word. Yeah, irrehensible, which is not a word. Yeah, it's, it's a word that I just made up. I'm sorry. I must have made up a word that does not exist. Irregardless of your made up words. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, like, I'm not an English major. <laughs> but uh anyway using real words that was bad i'm just so worked up right now and then the 
third time was she had him knocked unconscious at her apartment and had him tied up and, and duct taped so that he couldn't give anybody any kind of Oh, that's right. Report. And then that worst one, neighbor in the universe. <laughs> yeah, the worst neighbor in the universe. That one brought her name was Robin, who some people on the internet were saying she might end up being Typhoid Mary in the Daredevil series. If that happens, then you can you're you're gonna need to get a defibrillator to bring me back from the dead because I don't I, know what either of those things mean. <laughs> well, Typhoid Mary is a really cool Daredevil villain, and she has red hair. I'm fairly certain the only thing that the people, sounds like a nightmares villain. Yeah, it, the only uh, the only thing that they had was uh, I, I'm fairly certain the character had red hair, and that was the only connection the fans had on the internet. So hopefully that doesn't end up being true. All right, but, yeah, just looking for anything at this point. Yeah, she convinced their little support group to go up and attack Jessica Jones, and then she happened to be the only one who didn't know who Kilgrave was and ran into the off room and was like, here, we'll free you. And never once was like, why would Jessica Jones have a guy tap, you know, tied up and gagged in her thing? It's not like she's been looking for anybody this whole time, and I don't know about it. And like, oh my. Well, I get it. She blames her for the death of Ruben and all that. I mean, but like the fact that it is totally in keeping with the character. I don't care for the character. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but like, who would listen to her? That woman is not going to rally a group of people, even though they're like broken individuals to go and attack another woman. Like, that's just not going to happen. I'm no, sorry. Probably that's... not, but that's what the series is about. It's and... about persuasion and it's about power. <laughs> I, oh, my God. It was, that was, that's a leap, though. That is a monstrous leap. It that... is. Listen, I, I'm with you. I agree. That was, I even forgot about it because it was atrocious. <laughs> I blocked it from my memory. Yeah, so, I mean, that... I mean, I had a couple. That, of that's what made this. That's what made the season feel a little long to me. Now that you mention it, the yeah, and, there was and a it, lot of catch and release, and you know the yeah. constant tipping of power. One, which way. is why, they, like, they could have gotten rid of some of that and and bust this down to 10, 11 episodes. This season, could I could have used a little less, you know, woman crying over Ruben. And yeah, I get, oh god, because I mean, so much screen time for her. Way too much screen time for that character. Mm-hmm. Way too much. Especially in the last two, when she got her, like, he's like, when she was talking about it, she's like, we were like, was it Pisces or whatever? Two yeah, fish? And this they have like, like, oh my god, who cares? They have, like, the funeral with the iPod, and I don't know. I thought that was cute. <laughs> I just, my good god, way too much screen time for that card. So we've been talking about some of the bad stuff. Yes, now. Let's go ahead and talk about... <laughs> Let's get into what we liked, because we still, we still really like the show. Yeah, I just, like I said, I just, I'm getting really into some of the stuff, because I, 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 the recency bias of people on the internet right now claiming that this is better than Daredevil really has my back up, because I'm just like, let's, no, let's not... I mean, I realize that Jessica Jones was really good, and it's just out, and so we're, we're all excited about our new toy, and... and especially because it has the same sort of vibe as like uh gardens of the galaxy where it's i had no idea this was a thing and it turns out it's pretty good yeah and just well i could debate about the gardens of the galaxy being a good comic book but well no i'm not i'm not i'm not defending it as a comic but i'm saying that a lot of people didn't know what gardens of the galaxy was and then there was suddenly a movie about it and the movie was pretty excellent that's true so now everyone's super behind into it. <laughs> now the Power Man 
and his iron skin, like when they attacked him at the bar, and like that that was one of my favorite scenes when Oh yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, the rugby guys were attacking him at the bar and hitting him over the head with like beer bottles and stuff. And I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> Just watching that. And then the, the really good scene at the end of uh I think it was the second episode when he took the uh the oh god, what the hell was it? The 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 buzzsaw. He took the buzzsaw and Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I put it up against his skin and it just started sparking and other type of, uh, you know, crazy crap. Oh, that, that was so good. And they got to go interracial before Will Smith and Margot Robbie do in uh, Suicide Squad. Well, I assume that'll happen. Hooray. <laughs> which is, which is okay. <laughs> you know what? Good. Um, I just, I mean, the, 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 he had, I think... My favorite two parts of the show, mm-hmm. my, my, my absolute favorite part of the show might be when she tells him that Luke, I, I forget which episode it was, where it might have been like, God, uh, where, where she confesses to. Yeah, the episode when she confesses. That's I don't episode think, six, because that's where I stopped watching the first night. Okay, yeah, she she confesses to him that, that he killed and that he got to have that really good soliloquy where he was like you know like you let me inside you and 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 you know you you, you touched me with the hands that murdered my wife and said so that was so emotional that was so top shelf they they both acted the fuck out of that scene they were both fantastic like you could see the 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 hurt and the betrayal on his face and you could see the remorse on on Kristen Ritter's face and it just my like that that was my my absolute favorite part of now the- this isn't a Disney movie or a Pixar movie but I will say this I nearly cried during this. <laughs> but like that was <laughs> that was fantastic I come by it honest though <laughs> so off off the top of your dome piece what mm. was your like shining moment for this particular series ooh off the top um, I like some of the more terrifying Kilgrave scenes. Um, there were a lot of them. And there were a lot of them, and he was very glib, which kind of made it entertaining. Like, so, I mean, prediction achieved. Yes, far and away best Marvel villain we've oh, seen. Oh, yes, I was so fucking right about that. Let me go ahead and pat myself on the back about I, I said he was going to be the defining villain of the Marvel, of the MCU, and I, I was, I was so fucking right yeah you know what and i actually had a uh facebook friend who is also a huge dc fan uh and i want to get him on the show eventually and we can talk about that later but uh he basically posted the same thing on facebook and uh, i think i got a new fan for the show as a result um but uh yes uh there were a couple things that he said that were pretty excellent like that um they, there was the one scene where they were kind of playing house together. That was Jessica's like, uh, which was, was a really good episode, which was pretty chilling, <laughs> all the way through. Um, but there was the scene where Jessica's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go off for a walk. Like, don't follow me. I'll be back." And she's, "How long is it gonna be? About two hours." And uh, she goes to, like the chef and the maid, and he's like, "If she's not back in two hours, you're gonna peel the skin off each other's faces." Yeah, <laughs> <They're> like, <"Ooh." laughs> that was pretty bad. Yeah. And they just look at her like puppy dog eyes. <laughs> like, oh, like you're coming back, right? <laughs> like, is it a fake out? That one was really good. The 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 episode where uh, I mean, I just I think that was the one 
where I, I mean, we could just get into the Kilgrave. We, we can go character by character if you really want. I, I, I let's get into Kilgrave because Kilgrave, I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> well, obviously, the most fantastic. We've already said he, he's the best villain the Marvel MCU has produced so far. The experiment stuff. I mean, they they, they switched his powers because basically, in, in his powers in the comic book were very much like the way they're mutant powers right <laughs> no 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 they're they're very much the way jack nicholson became the joker in uh in, in the tim burton 1989 batman where he just falls into a vat of chemicals, chemical spills yeah, yeah. and then the it Daredevil turns yes yeah. <laughs> and it turns his skin purple and hence why he's called the purple man and uh ah, okay so basically the opposite of the <laughs> yeah he, i like it <laughs> and and it somehow it, it creates this like pheromones and and, and Basically, if you're within a certain distance of him, he can control your mind with his pheromones. A little bit like poison ivy, I guess, but... <laughs> you know what? Actually, the tiniest nitpick, but I'm going to look over it because ultimately the explanation for it didn't matter. Yeah. Uh, when his parents get introduced to the show and they're like, oh, it's a virus that he produces. Yeah, it's I'm essentially... like, it's fucking midichlorians. They're doing it to me again. Yeah, it, it kind of was, right? Like, it, But they basically he's said force, that... He's using his Jedi mind trick, which they actually refer to it in the series. Yeah, they did that same episode the night when she... Because he did the line where he goes like, we can go about our business. <laughs> <laughs> And she goes, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and I was like, and like that's the thing that I would do if I absolutely had his powers. Oh, definitely. Like, yeah. But I mean, that that was really good. And he had the I mean, he just got all the best. I think he got most of the best scenes in this season. The the police station scene when oh yeah, oh, yeah. When we, that, that, that was, was when, the scene that was like pretty heavily featured in the trailers. And true, stuff. yeah. And and that was the one I, I Unless I'm incorrect, that was when they first were in the same room in the show. Am I am I right about that, or am I incorrect about that? Uh, I, no, that was after they fake kidnapped them. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So they were technically. Well, I, I guess it was the first time they actually. First time they were conscious at the same time. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, yeah, I suppose that's a, that, that's the way to to say it. But I mean, like. I mean, they found a way to do to actually kind of give him the purple face too. Like when the when his dad like juiced him up at the end, and then like he was summoning his like the more power kind of like little Dragon Ball Z esque, like where he's like going, "It's over nine thousand and his skin, like his veins would pop, and his face would get a little purple. And I saw, and I just I thought that was brilliantly executed the way they did it because you can't just have him walking around and with you know purple, purple face, <laughs> yeah, purple face and skin stuff like that. So no, of and just. Not. And I never expected them to, but he wore purple all the time. And, you know, anytime they kind of alluded to him as a mysterious figure in the first handful of episodes, it was like accompanied by a flash of purple light um, whenever it was sort of a result of Jessica's trauma, which I thought was really well done. Um, as much as I like the character, I like just the thought of the character because... We don't see him, again, it's sort of like a, a, a Wilson Fisk sort of situation where we don't see him for a little while. Um, and all we get are sort of Jessica's trauma flashbacks to him. And uh, though, and as soon as she those happen and she's like, you know, shutting her eyes and kind of twitching her head and everything like that. And like, you know, she has like this shadowy figure kind of screaming at her and whatnot. And then she repeats like the names of the streets that she grew up on and whatnot. That I thought was really well done. 
Yeah, and then at the end when we got the, the the one episode when he buys the house and you get to zoom out and it's that like uh, what was it Cobalt Lane or, or yeah it was like Burke and Higgins or something yeah Burke, like that. yeah Burke, Burke Street and Higgins Lane or something like that I actually really like that scene when he's like buying the house from the guy and desperately trying not to use his power but <laughs> yeah he just can't help it doesn't yeah <laughs> yeah that was pretty good. Uh, he's, what like, he's just staring at him, like, obviously <laughs> angry, <laughs> wants to do him. He's like, look at all this money I have. What, what did you think about the line when we found out that Kilgrave's real name in this was Kevin, and then she referred to Kevin as a mundane name? This is the thing that I have been saying for years, <laughs> and I wanted to bring this up. I'm glad you brought it up, because I was going to if you didn't. If someone in TV or a movie or anything is named Kevin, they're either a huge nerd or a serial killer or both. <laughs> here we are. And here we are again. Chalk another one up. Yep. God so damn it. I was so pissed off. I'm like, God damn it. Never. No one's ever going to trust me again. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I mean, I just... I do like that several characters remarked on how stupid it was to have the name Kilgrave, too. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that they put it right on Front Street about, like, you could have chosen anything and you went with... Because obviously the two stupidest names in uh, comic books are Zebediah Kilgrave and Victor Von Doom. And we can debate till the cows come home over which one's worse. I'm kind of on the Kilgrave uh, island and you're on Von Doom island. Von Doom, which well, no one will ever I, be named. Kilgrave well, can ostensibly someone's last name. See, I think the opposite. I feel like Von Doom could actually be a name, but who the hell would would? I mean, not it would have to be obviously be a very European name. No one. Yeah, would, at which point Doom would not be. It's true. <laughs> Von Dumo or something or Duma or something. Well, yeah, it'd be Von and it'd be like Doom, which is like D U umlaut M. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So like you could theoretically be. Well, no one's gonna be called Kilgrave. Did they ever call him Zebediah? In, no, they didn't. In, in the show, or it was just always Kilgrave. It was always just Kilgrave or Kevin. <laughs> yeah, which that, I, I thought that was weird that they never. He's like, I'm just gonna give myself one M, Kilgrave, like share. That's all I need to say, Kilgrave. No, yeah, it, it's totally in keeping with that character. <laughs> all right, we've been dancing around a little bit here. Let's talk about how fucking fantastic Kristen Ritter was in this show as. Just uh, actually, if I can just say one more thing about Kilgrave, I, right I, I mentioned this before we started recording. I uh, <laughs> I saw something on Tumblr, and I wish it was a YouTube clip because it basically was. Uh, I, I'm not going to take credit for it because I didn't make it, but um, it was like uh, Jessica Jones season one, a bridge, and it was just one line, and it was just Kilgrave yells, "Jessica." <laughs> That's basically the season. <laughs> it kind of was, yeah. <laughs> the uh, my 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 thing that I want to meme for this show would be when the guy uh, Ruben brings banana bread. I want it to line up with a poo going banana bread. What were you thinking? I almost texted you as soon as that happened. Yeah. <laughs> banana bread. <laughs> and what would I pair with banana bread? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry again. But banana bread. What the hell were you thinking? <laughs> so good. Uh, Kristen Ritter. Yep. Fucking fantastic in this show. Yeah, and actually, um, I, no, I haven't seen her in anything in since, like, 2010. I didn't watch that uh, Don't Trust the Bee in 
room 213 or apartment 23 or so or something Some which carly my wife my wife my paramour my wife loved, loved. Paramour. oh she's, she's my paramour you she's know your wife <laughs> my wife my paramour Elaria son uh the yeah, I, she loved that show, and it was really critically acclaimed, but I guess nobody, I guess just, it was one of those shows, nobody watched it. Well, and I mean, how many seasons did it get? It probably got enough. Or... I want to say 20, 20-ish episodes, one or one or two seasons of... Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought that was something that went on for a few years. Huh? I don't know. Well, 2012... Maybe I'll check 2000, it out now. <laughs> 2012 to 2013. It, it ran, so that's one or two seasons. I'm not exactly Maybe you'll watch it now, give Carly and I something to bond over again. <laughs> yeah, it's possible. But, man, was she good. In it. Just an absolute home run. It's like, yeah, it's and I, I like that because the last thing I saw her in was in 2010. It was uh, that Jay Baruchel movie, uh, She's Out of His League or whatever. Oh God! I would never watch that crap. I was I'll take a word for it. In my defense, it was St. Patrick's Day, and I had been drinking for thirteen hours. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's probably the only mind space you need to be in to watch. She's out of my league. I would... Yeah, basically. Um, and we were like the only two people in the theater. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, you saw the theaters? Oh, okay, that's uh... yeah, man. It was it was it was like two p.m. on St. Patrick's Day. Um, but. Uh, and she was like the hot girl's best friend in it, who was kind of supposed to not be the hot. Girl. She was the hot, uh, yeah. She was. But the, she was the hot girl. Yeah, she was. She was the not as hot, but still hot. But best still friend. very well. I mean, it's you know, yeah. what you consider hot is all up to personal taste for most things. But like you know, there was the 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 main the female lead who I don't know who it was who was you know blonde bombshell type character yeah and then her friend was sort of this you know dour sort of daria-esque sarcastic you know black-haired best friend who was uh kristen ritter and she was far more attractive and you know from my perspective um so i was my point is it's interesting to see you know five years later to play this role that uh, and and this isn't to dismiss her at all, and I think it was very on purpose. But she came off pretty haggard in this series. Oh yeah, she not that were... she was unattractive, but she looked like she, you know, was on three hours of sleep and yeah. was you know hung over half the time and and so forth. And you I think this... she was smiling for maybe twenty seconds of this entire scene. And it's fake smiling too. Yeah. <laughs> the entire time, yeah. The, she got a lot of close-ups, like a lot of single-frame Oh yeah, close-ups were just her face in this show, and they weren't necessarily, and I imagine it's what they were going for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she wasn't looking, you know, like the prettiest thing on earth, which, you know, normally you do with these types of shows, and it was, and to me, it worked to great effect, because you, you mentioned that she looked a little haggard, and you could tell that which is good because yeah. that character is not supposed to be a poster girl. <laughs> no, and it adds to the and it adds to the effect of not just the series but that character as well. And because she's very much Wrong. like very much like a comic book character throughout this series because she only had one outfit, right? Yeah. Well, she had a couple. Dave and I actually joked a few episodes in. We watched the first six episodes together on release day. Um, and he was because she would like come back to her apartment and change into like an identical like gray wife beater. <laughs> yeah, that that was basically it. She had 
gray white beater with i'm fairly certain she wore the same pair of jeans the entire city. yeah it was like the same jeans the black yeah. leather jacket and either a black t-shirt or a gray tank top yeah. <laughs> and that's it i can't i to me which is more than we can say for luke cage who as far as i know had two shirts and spent more time topless on. Oh, it although it's shirt. funny that you bring that up because in the very first episode when she's um taking the photos of him and we see him walk out of the bar up to his apartment with the woman that we later found out was married yep. and he told her to fuck off when he found out she was married yep. uh when he walks to the bar from the bar to his apartment he has the mustard yellow shirt on yeah yeah <laughs> that he's famous for in the comics and i was like oh 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 mustard yellow and then he never wore it again for the rest of the show it was just after that it was just either nothing or black well yeah and that's one of those things like these series are like you know they're they're mostly original they have their own sort of easter eggs that most people will get and then they have their easter eggs that like three percent of people will get and you're in that category that's true i'm not i get a few things like i get during the the um again i'm gonna call back to the very first iron man movie again in the first five minutes when he's in the casino and like the big band music is playing like the Iron Man theme from the cartoon from the sixties or whatever. Like yeah. I picked up on that just because I happened to know that song, but I imagine I drifted past a lot of people. And I mean, now that we're getting into the sort of lesser known characters who are getting their sort of gritty Netflix series, I know less and less. Like I had, I didn't know anything about Daredevil until we watched the Ben Affleck movie on this podcast. <laughs> I mean, the, the, I really like the fact that they portrayed Jessica Jones as so flawed because she's basically, I, I mean, she's a really good private detective, mm-hmm. but she's a horrible detective. <laughs> yep. And coming from the school of Batman, Batman <laughs> and the world's greatest detective, and he always figures stuff out and he's always 10 steps ahead of everybody. It, it, it's kind of refreshing, but also infuriating at the same time. Well, yeah, because you're like, this character oh, she's jumping to conclusions. Why is she doing this? Well, first off, in like episode seven, six or seven or whatever, when she, her, her plan, after her first plan to trank uh, Kilgrave fails, her brilliant plan is, I'll fake that I killed this guy and go to jail and I need to go to maximum prison because it might give me an outside chance and he might come into this prison and I'll get him one-on-one and I might be able to get him. And I'm like, what a horrible plan that is. That, was just, that oh. wasn't her plan exactly. Her plan was to remove herself from the equation. <laughs> no, but like it was also, I might get one, sh- like maybe if I'm in, because her big plan was his control can't work in you know, through, I don't know, whatever she said, like seven ten, layers of security. Yeah. Seven layers of security. So maybe he'll have to come himself to the prison and maybe I'll get a shot at him one-on-one. That was, yeah, the, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Ultimate plan. And I'm like, what a horrible plan that is. Well, yeah, because she is a detective, but unlike Batman, she doesn't, you know, gather all the facts and then act. She's incredibly rash and impulsive. <laughs> so she's not really a detective at all, which is like I said, no. she's a private detective, but she's a terrible detective. Well, yeah, and, and there was the uh, the 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 joke that was, I think, in like the first ten pages of the comic, which is, you know, a lot of people could solve their problems just by like checking Google. <laughs> That's the yeah. first thing I always do. <laughs> That's true, but I mean, like stuff like she she didn't suspect that uh, when uh, Eka Darvel, who played Malcolm, 
she never suspected that the junkie was the one following her around taking the pictures, which to me seemed obvious right off the hop. Maybe that's just because I don't want to say I'm so well trained by Batman that I, I, I suspect everyone. And this the, is actually a low point for me. <laughs> it, it, why? You didn't realize it was the junkie? Because I'm genre savvy enough yeah. where I should have been able to call that. <laughs> yeah, I just, I was all, I was just like, it's the junkie. It's, I mean, that's so. Because in like, like four episodes in, I'm like, this character is useless and he's only here for like, I guess, comic relief, I guess. Like, yeah, well, that's guy... more sad than anything. <laughs> well, Eka Darvel, I think he used to be a Power Ranger. He was in one of the Power Rangers. What? Yeah, he was he was one of the Power Rangers, one of the ones obviously we never watched, like not the original one you and I would have watched when we were four or five years old. But yeah, listen, don't underestimate how much Power Rangers look like. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But the thing I remember him from was he was in the first season of Empire and he was fantastic. Oh, uh, okay. He was then, the yeah. uh, he was the gay uh, video photographer who uh, shot the who who was shooting a dot like Lucius Lyon needed a documentary shot and they brought him in and, and uh, he was in like three or four episodes and he was great and he had all that sexual tension with uh, Jesse Smollett. Oh, it's fantastic. But, so, yeah, I just, I, I, I thought that that was... I like the character, but every time I see yeah. him on screen I was kicking myself for not realizing of course he was the guy. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I was just like, he's a junkie. That was so obvious. I, I don't know. I got too wrapped up in it, I guess. I, I may have I, lost I, my... I, yeah, I guess you could see that slip back because they did have the line where they were like a junkie. It's perfect. Every, everyone just always over- ignores them, <laughs> ignores the junkies and just walks by, you know, and I was just like, tries desperately tries not to pay attention. to them. Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, OK, I guess that would make sense to people like me who aren't obsessed with the Batman and aren't, you know, obsessed with like. Well, and there were a few things like, because they, they, they heavily featured Jessica's neighbors. <laughs> yes. In this apartment that she was in. And I'm like, OK, well. This one dude who's clearly in love with her and keeps bringing her banana bread, he's going to fucking get killed. <laughs> I guarantee it. Um, but, uh, and then, like, you know, like I said, I stopped watching episode six, and, like, in the opening three minutes of episode seven, you know, Kilgrave runs into him at the apartment, and suddenly there's a corpse on her bed. Yeah. Um, but I, I I don't know how I missed that, uh, of course, this you know, this junkie is the spy. How did I miss that? I feel so bad. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it gets my, my favorite thing that she did just in, in terms with the junkie was uh, when she had him duct taped to the thing, right? Or yeah. not duct tape. She had him handcuffed to the thing and she was trying to get him sober, right? Yep. And she, that's the thing. And this was such a human thing. Like someone might actually say this in real life. I, I just, I thought this line was great, but she does the thing where she goes, You've got a problem. And then as she says, you've got a problem, she's like, now, you sit there and get sober while I drink this entire bottle of Jim Beam. <laughs> like, essentially, was, was what went down. Yeah, there, there was that. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And she, like, this with how tiny Kristen Ritter is, I'm just like, she could not consume that much alcohol without dying. I, <laughs> oh, it was insane. I really liked it. The other thing that I was just like, I can't believe I've been screaming about it from like episode. The second they established that his powers, he needed to, uh, that they established Kilgrave's powers as he needed to verbally tell you to do something. He could, he just, he couldn't like, it wasn't a mind thing, right. Where he was just like mind raping you and mm-hmm. could just think, and you do it? Like, for, so for like five episodes in my head, I was like, just plug your ears and kick them in the balls. <laughs> like, it's like, what are you doing? Like, 
like I, I don't know, put in earplugs and then walk up and punch him in the face. And then they finally sorted it in the last episode where Trish walks up. Trish walked in with the uh, music blaring. Yeah, and, and it was like, oh god, it was like punk girl rock. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like a girl rock anthem, which I thought was a fantastic choice. Yeah, perfectly fitting. Yeah, per- yeah, in, in keeping with the series, <laughs> I just that i was just that's another one of those things where i've just i've watched too many i've read and watched too much batman stuff where i'm just like come on this is so obvious right like, just, just plug your ears and then walk up and kick them in the balls uh but just i i just i can't get over how good kristen ritter was in this show just to all the, and the fact that she got to utter the phrase camel toe miller we are living in a world where the <laughs> phrase camel toe was uttered in a Marvel television show, and it wasn't something that Kevin Smith wrote, right? Like, yeah, like, or Todd McFarlane. I'm sure he's upset. Like when I read, his, when I get to listen to his review, I know, I'm sure him and Bernard are going to do that later this week. I can't wait. Damn it! Like, <laughs> they beat us. I'm sure he's going to be like, "Damn, that one should have been mine." <laughs> no, uh, I like yeah, the. They're not going to say that on the CW. <laughs> yeah, like he will not be. You have failed this camel toe. No. <laughs> Oh, yeah, Supergirl's not gonna say that. <laughs> and she said it about the jewel costume, right? Like the actual they actually held up the fucking jewel costume and Yeah, went, and then threw it away like it was nothing. I, know, like, no! I, was, I was a little upset that she didn't try it on because it would have been great if like Kristen Ritter if they did a thing where she was like, you know, try it on, and then Kristen Ritter is like, I'm not coming out and then comes like, out of a bathroom. Yeah, and, and then, like, and then, and then, yeah, and like Ugh, thing just looks so terrible. Pounding a bottle of mouthwash. Yeah, like oh that would <laughs> they should have done that. I I, I one of my two great regrets of this series. Well, and I was telling Dave, too, because I think they showed that costume in the first couple episodes. I told him that in the comic there was the scene, like, the very first scene where the cops are there and they're kind of interrogating her about the dude that she threw through the uh, window. Yeah. And they're like, they find the picture of her with the Avengers as Jewel. And she's and they're like, oh, is this you? Which one are you? And she's like, I'm Thor. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty. I'm the tall blonde one. <laughs> Oh god, that was... you got me on Thor. <laughs> that was it. Just but I was, I was uh, before we began the series. Even I was telling Dave, I'm like, I don't know if they're gonna do it exactly like the the comic, and I don't think that they will. But there is a outside chance that we'll get a Chris Evans cameo <laughs> in this in this uh, series. I mean, it might happen in season two of Daredevil because they set up Nuke to be the bad guy of season two for daredevil now will travel who played will simpson mm-hmm. i was gonna say he's got to be somebody right he or was and the re- somebody the reason i never fell for because the character he played his name was will simpson yeah in the comic book in, in the greatest daredevil story of all time which i've mentioned several times when we did our daredevil thing uh there uh frank miller's born again that that's the one where uh, uh, God, what's her face? Uh, uh, True Blood chick played her. Karen Page. Karen Page's character mm. uh, sells his information to a Mexican drug dealer for a fix of heroin, and then it climbs all the way up the ladder, uh, all the way up the oh, yeah. back ladder to the kingpin. And they told two friends, and they told two friends. Yeah, and the kingpin finds out and uses it to destroy his world. And what he does is he sends Nuke. And Nuke is a character that was created by Frank Miller. And he's a failed experiment in the weapons program, which is the one of the many attempts to recreate the serum that created Captain America. 
course. And so they give Nuke this failed version. <laughs> Easy story for a character. Yeah, they give Nuke this failed version of the drug, and then he has to take these pills to keep his... And they're all red, white, and blue, right? And yeah. so he's got the, the red pills give him the adrenaline boost, and then the, the white pills even him out, and the blue ones keep him calm down between missions, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool for the show. And Nuke is, if you ever Google him, it's pretty hilarious because he's got the American flag tattooed on his face. And okay, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Never yeah, mind. he looks very much like a, like... That is a Captain America villain, isn't it? No, well, he was created by Frank Miller for Born Again. And he fights, basically what happens is he fights and he beats Daredevil because he's so juiced up. And at this point, Daredevil's really hurt in the comic that Daredevil actually can't beat him. And then all of a sudden, a helicopter, like, a nuke is about to kill Daredevil. And then all of a sudden, here in the comic books, it's like, and and a helicopter lands. Mm -hmm. And Captain America comes out of the helicopter and basically kicks nuke in the stomach and then throws him into the (laughs) helicopter. And it's like, see you later, Daredevil. And then Matt Murdock's just lying there half dead. And he's like, boy, I was lucky. (laughs) And then goes on with his story with the king. Anyway. But yeah, but like, the, the reason they were able to slip that one past me until they, uh, the one guy came in and was like, you got to take the red pill, you got to yep. take the white pill, and you got to take the blue pill. And I was like, oh! Like, I did, like, an audible, like, actual, like, oh! <laughs> like, I'm like, this isn't a throwaway. This is a thing. This is related to something. I looked up the character Will Simpson and, you know, didn't find anything. Because the character of uh, Will Simpson... The, the character of Nuke in the comic book, his name is actually Frank Sampson, which is how they, like, yeah. by just giving him a, a name that has nothing to do with anything, basically completely slipped that one by me. Now, I thought that Will, I'm not sure if you pronounce his name Traval or Travel. I thought he was really good in this show, despite the fact that they gave him essentially nonsense to work with. Is there any other way to describe it? Nonsense? Uh, misinformed and impotent. <laughs> I mean, I, I I can understand where the character's coming from. Again, much like Jerry, I don't agree with it, but yeah, but like here's it's the one of those things where it's like, yes, I understand the motivations, but you are taking it way out of hand. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I I get, but like this is another one of the things like we we, we mentioned earlier, the things I had vast problems with. One of the things that I had vast problems with was the one cop that. The, the one random cop in New York fucking city with a population of close to a hundred million or some now, well, I don't know the exact numbers, but a lot of fucking people. Yeah. Also there. happens to have ties to the super scientists. Yeah. Also has ties to the super scientists and has, you know, direct access to this <clears throat> secret bunker room that they used, apparently used to torture people. And it's like this soundproof booth that they can hold Kilgrave in. Like, my, and, like, and was it just me or were they trying to make him like the way that his hair was done and everything like that? Were they trying to make him look like Captain America? <laughs> I, I think so. A little bit. They were trying to make him look a little bit like an all American boy, or maybe that's just like the, the hair was exactly the same. <laughs> it's possible. That may have been the, that might just be Will Travall or Travel's, general look in real life but Mm. uh, that may have been done on purpose as well that's actually a very good point by you i mean you go through his character arc he his character arc makes no sense and and it goes back to the thing of it, it makes no sense that after trying to kill pam that she would immediately sleep with him like two days after even though i mean i guess she's a damaged woman and you know, we have enough evidence in real life to suggest that damaged women don't always make the 
correct choice. Damaged people in general, I don't want to just single out women, but damaged people in general don't always make the correct choices. But cool. I, I'm gonna not respond to that comment and let's move on. <laughs> that's true. But I mean, like, it, it's such a that's such a leap, right? Like, it's such a ridiculous leap. And it no, it, I know what you're saying. Um, the, right? the same the same event that led to Trish basically being killed by this dude and then jumping into bed with him two days later led to him being a cop who got mind control and then decided fuck the law, Kilgrave must die. Yeah, and decided he's I'm gonna sign back into this super secret weapons program. Which that, I apparently was always a part of. Yeah, and like just, man what a leap that was. And it was kind of, I don't know if they were handcuffed by that because they were told they got a set him up because it seems like a natural transition because daredevil season two is coming next year it mm. seems like a natural transition would be to have nuke be the the bad guy since we know punisher is going to be in the well, i was gonna say is season two of daredevil getting kind of crowded <laughs> it, well it just it seems like that would be the natural transition right because you get nuke who's this juiced up but I guess you can say that with the whole MCU. At this yeah, point. the whole MCU is, is kind of <laughs> inflated. Is kind of inflated at this point, right? Like, it's, yeah, we have like what ten superheroes going at each other in Civil War. Yeah, I mean, just my, I mean, my, my God, I mean, like his character arc made absolutely no sense. And but I mean, I guess it was kind of cool for the payoff of he's supposed to be Nuke, and then it was kind of, and like that fight scene that they had. I mean, the Luke Cage scene when they. I mentioned that earlier is that that was probably my favorite scene when, when she revealed to him that he killed him. my second favorite was probably the fight scene with the two ladies fighting nuke in yeah, Jessica's yeah. apartment. My God, that was so with a roided up Trish. Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> which was take... a lot of fun. Yeah. She's like, I'm just going to take this pill. And he's like, I ah, shouldn't do that. She's like, I'm doing it. And yeah, and Fuck the... y'all, I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. And then, and, oh God, that was the best fight scene in the entire movie, which, which kind of, Brings me to one of the reasons that this show is not better than Daredevil is <laughs> because of basically everything we've said so far. Like as much as we like the show, no, we no, no, ninety percent. Yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like I'm focusing too much on the negative because I really like the show. But like, I it's just this. I I kind of wanted this to be a sobering view. This is a a, a sobering view of. Yeah, Everybody we're going to be those this. guys on the internet to tell you that the Emperor has no clothes. I suppose, but like... I mean, no, we like the show. I, Let's put I, that yeah. out there right now. We're yeah. just not going to go ahead and sensationalize it by I'm saying it's the greatest thing yeah. under the sun. For lack sun. of a better term, I'm not going to be slurping the show just because of... Uh, and I've said, uh, this will be like the ninth time I've said it. You can play a drinking game to the amount of times I've said recency bias on this show. Mm. Or about this show. But did you like the ending? Did you feel like we got a satisfying ending with the, like I really like the ending. It felt rushed. Yeah, but the, like the, the the whole like she when 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 Trish walks in with the uh, with with the headphones and then the cops somehow miss taking nine hundred shots of Jessica Jones and then she just leaps over him and then he controls all those people and then she faked like she pretends which she could have done earlier by the way she. Yep. <laughs> Fake that she uh, like, yeah, and and that's that's my nitpick with the finale, where I, I liked the the set pieces, but it felt a lot like why didn't we do the six episodes again? <laughs> yeah, and then with a less powered Kilgrave. <laughs> yeah, and and they just like it. There, I mean, there was no way. I don't know how they could have written it, but there was no way to get a because they established David Tennant's character as a guy who would just. Does not get his hands dirty, right? Gets everybody to do the dirty work for him, controls him, won't do his own 
his, you know, won't clean up his own messes. And yeah, I get never that. Too, and he's a sociopath. Yeah. Other people are his tools. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I guess there's really no way to get a fantastic fight scene between the two of them, right? So it ends up being this kind of like psychological thing, and then she neck snaps him, much like Superman did to Zod. And oh, don't don't make that comparison, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, because Superman had several. Other don't things. ever. <laughs> but it was very Superman-esque. That's all I'm saying. And it, it wasn't like when we got the buildup of 13 episodes, and then when you see Daredevil standing on top of the roof in the in the suit, and the Kingpin's like, "You fucked everything up," and then they attack each other, and they beat, and we get like a 10 minute fight scene. Yeah, between those two, and it was just so. Well, yeah, but I mean, between Jessica Jones, who has super strength, and and Kilgrave, who is a guy, (laughs) we're never going to get a ten minute fight scene. I just, it's just, and we we did. I mean, we got the we got that, but we got we didn't get it in the finale because the the target, the villain, was not a guy that you can have a fight scene against. So we got the fight scene against Will. We got the fight scene against you know the roided up Luke Cage, which was great. which was amazing. Like yeah. we we got everything we needed in the finale. We just didn't get it in the finale. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's a very good point. I mean, I just saying. Which is the point because yeah. they basically broke through slowly and sh- and and methodically as they were capable of all of Kilgrave's defenses until all he was like, I've got a pile of cops and a pile of innocent people, and 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 kind of overestimated Jessica because he thought that if I tell all these random civilians to attack each other, to kill each other, that she'll stop them. And then I can, you know, hightail it out of here like I've done so many times before. But at that point, enough had been enough and she just came up to him. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm of two minds on it. Because in in some ways it felt rushed and we didn't get a good satisfying sort of end confrontation there. In in some ways, like I said, I enjoy the set pieces, but not necessarily the fact that if they really thought it through, they could have done it a long time ago. Uh, but they gave us everything that we needed before that, and I was okay. I like those are my favorite scenes in that show. Like they, there were some excellent fight scenes in this show. Oh yeah, because another thing was there. There was no reason for I, I, as good as this scene was. The, the scene when they were in the restaurant and they had all the guys with the like standing on the bar with the nooses around their necks, and then the Hope Schlotman character stabs herself in the neck for mm-hmm. what I perceive to be no reason. No reason. Like like, that, like there were just so many ways to avoid that. Because at that point she was in a jail. It was like just walk up and shoot Kilgrave in the head. Like what's stopping you? Like Well, I mean not that Kilgrave's omniscient or anything like that. Yeah. Or do I expect him to even have a great understanding of other people because he's a sociopath? <laughs> and he doesn't think of them as having thoughts at all. Um but I guess in some ways he at least perceives Jessica as an equal. But to bail Hope Schlotman out of prison is probably the worst thing that he could do for himself. <laughs> because yeah. one reason that Jessica didn't want to kill him is because they needed to, you know, clear her name. Yeah. And then suddenly just... that wasn't a problem anymore. Yeah, and so it was just like, and that was when she trapped him in the room, right? And then... Yeah, because like, she didn't want to kill him. They wanted to <laughs> film him and get the confession. Yeah, and but now that she's already off, God. But now that they got help Schlotman out of prison, it was like, okay, so march up there with your headphones on and snap his goddamn. Yeah, just yeah, there was a lot of lot of 
And he'll be like, oh, Jessica. And, you know, he'll, you know, grandstand like he always does. And then you'll, you know, punch him in the throat. I mean, the Luke Cage thing. Come up behind the wall and reach through it. Yeah, that was awesome. Which was amazing. I, yeah, that was so good. I absolutely I mean, we could, we could milk job. That scene was the best scene. Could, I really love the whole, yeah. everything at that comedy club. Like, basically every part of it. <laughs> I like the dude who came out after his show and was like, dude, you were incredible. He's like, go stare at that fence forever. <laughs> yeah, and then, which brings me to a point. There was a lot of urine and feces in this show. How did you feel about that? Yeah. Hey, I, I mean, it, it kind of drives the point home, right? I suppose, but I mean... Which is to say that when he controls you, he controls you beyond your reasonable things that you would otherwise do as a human. You won't eat, you won't sleep, you're not going to take care of yourself, any of your basic needs, because they're not yours anymore. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, I got it after the first couple of times. I didn't know why we needed to see seven, eight, nine, ten people who would... Messing themselves. Yeah, mess themselves throughout the series. I mean, like, I got the point, right? Like, yeah. I just, for that guy, I was like, I didn't understand why we needed to see it. Because, like, they showed him standing there with his face and his lips were all, like, because we knew he'd been standing there. Yeah, like he'd been dehydrated, face. clearly. Yeah, and he'd been dehydrated and his lips were cracking and his face was, like, stuff and he was freezing and he's clearly suffering. And then they panned down and they showed that he had messed himself. And I was like, was that necessary? It was very Game of Thronesy. I, I think in, that it was because that, that was the hint. Because we don't know whether or not he's been improving up until that point. And the first thing I thought when he's like, go stare at that fence forever. And I'm like, okay, well, he's going to be there for 10 hours and then he'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But that was when but he wasn't. He clearly was there for like a full day at least. Yeah. And that was when his powers were kind of. Yeah, but that was the hint. That was the thing where it's like, okay, well, this guy's been controlled here for at least a day. And if you're paying attention, that means you realize that Luke Cage is still under his control as well. One of my favorite outside things in this show was uh when they were following Kilgrave and uh it was it was the the later episodes when Luke Luke and her or him were trying to find uh Luke and Jessica were trying to find him and then one of the pick the pickup man shows up to uh that one uh uh I, I guess it was like a medical facility or something like that to pick up the drugs or something right 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 <laughs> They're like, we better follow him. And then they get on a Harley Davidson and he yep. grabs up the Harley. <laughs> I was like, yeah, the Harley Davidson, the perfect. Stealthy. Yeah, nothing like a giant black guy and a tiny white woman. I was going to say, yeah, hey, uh, if you're looking to tail people, trade yeah. in your Harley for yeah. a Volvo or something. So, it's so inconspicuous. So inconspicuous. Oh, that was one of the comments I made. I'm like, I love that, you know, he's trying so hard to just live, to lay low that he's a guy who has a motorcycle and still wears a stupid little helmet like despite the fact that he's indestructible yeah that was great i'm like all right i love you luke cage you're and my he, favorite guy now yeah and he did the great line where he's like it's the law or something yeah like yeah that. something like that oh luke cage so good can't wait for his series I'm... oh yeah well that's that's my one big takeaway from this uh I, I i liked it a lot i uh didn't like it probably as much as daredevil but i'm excited to see more of the characters involved especially luke cage yeah. And uh, David Tennant, just fucking electric. <laughs> yeah, everybody was 
so good. I just I can't say enough good things about Christopher. Like Carrie Ann Moss was fantastic, even though I wanted to like punch her character in the face so hard. So the character that she was supposed to be, she she acted it very well. Absolutely, dude. Because like it was a character that I was just like, God, I want to punch you in the face so hard right now. It was just like, ah, she she was fantastic. We can get into a few of the Easter eggs if you uh, if you would like to. Probably noticed more than I did, but well, I was very proud that in the episode two or three, when she goes into the hospital and she pretends to be a nurse, yeah, there's the one where she she opens the guy's locker room and there's a bunch of like the nurses and there's a bunch of cats, yeah, you know, like and she goes like, ugh. If you remember, uh, what's her face was cat sitting in Daredevil, Rosaria, that's right, cat sitting in Daredevil. That was one. She also mentioned, and I was very proud that, of myself that I did not get this reference. Uh, my wife had to explain this to me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, she goes when, when she says that she transferred from one hospital. She says she she transferred from Seattle Grace Hospital. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is apparently the hospital that they operate in Grey's Anatomy. I actually caught that reference too. Yeah, yeah. I'm very proud that I had to have that one explained to me and, and did not pick up on the. Uh, yeah, it's one of those not real hospitals. <laughs> yeah, and did not did not pick up on that. But that that I think is more fun as if you think about it a little bit more and you're like, I guess that Jessica Jones is a Grey's Anatomy fan. <laughs> yeah, it's true. What does that mean about her character? Yeah. Um, I like the fact that they kept referencing the Toy Story. It's like, I can't really fly. It's more like falling with style. Like, they, they basically... They more like jump really high. Yeah, that's kind of really what it was, wasn't it? Yeah, she didn't really... Up, but yeah, yeah. I was cool with that. I, I mean... Same company. <laughs> yeah, I still can't get over the number of times that... Someone said I need a lawyer in this show, and we, we didn't know it. I'm on the goddamn edge of my seat, waiting. Yeah, for it. and you would like lean forward, oh, and then like <laughs> I just at one point I wanted to see somebody sitting in the room and then just hear like, and then maybe I'm maybe I'm biased against slow walk up of Mary and Moss's character for that reason because every time someone needed a lawyer, it was her and yeah, and not Matt Murdock. I mean, it could have been Matt Murdock at the in the last episode, right? Just throw us a bone. I need a bone. So did they explain why? I mean, maybe they'll do this in the Luke Cage series, but did they explain at all why? Um, Luke Cage's wife had a USB of. No, they Children. don't, and, and and I mentioned this to Dave as well. Um, I don't think that they will. I, I I didn't think that they would explain it in this series. I thought that they would they're gonna explore that in the Luke Cage series. Yeah, I mean, I hope they do because that's kind of a a, a gaping plot. <laughs> yeah, like it's like why did she have and why was it buried in under concrete well sure and and they've left a lot open like that and that's one of the th- reasons why i really like the finale because we start getting more into you know who's this corporation who's toying with uh will simpson and what did they have to do with jessica's powers you know and for that matter you know how exactly did luke get his and and is it at all related to these videos or this USB drive or this company? Like, are they all the same? Or are they different? Like, I, I, I'm looking forward to getting answers to some of these questions. Yeah, they, I mean, I just, you have to assume that 
Although that said, I also like that they completely subverted the origin story <laughs> when Luke and Jessica went out on like their hot dog cart date. <laughs> yeah. And that... Like, so how'd you get your powers? Accident, you experiments, cool. And that was it. <laughs> yeah, man, just like, yes, that was very good. That was really good. The uh Oh man, yeah, because I mean they, they really left that open. I I mean you have to assume that the Luke Cage series is going to be a prequel-ish. Like, we'll probably follow Luke Cage's journey with his wife, right? I, I don't expect that it will. And then, Really? You think this is going to take place after? Nothing in the Marvel Universe has been a prequel so far, unless you count maybe Captain America, the first one. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that it's going to be him investigating it after the fact now that the Kilgrave threat has been uh, taken out possibly with the assistance of a private detective we know maybe I don't I just I kind of feel like I, I guess they could do it because if they're going to do 13 episodes they could do like the first six are leading up and then it's like okay this is where Jessica Jones starts with Luke Cage well I, I think it'll be a driving force for the series yeah. where it's like you know that'll be sort of at least the start of it where you know where did she get this drive how much does she know about you know these other superhero types like these super powered people um and that'll kind of be where everything starts off whereas you can't really do that with a prequel because he had no idea yeah but i mean you can always so i mean you, you can, can make a series about his wife but that's not what the series is yeah that's true but i mean god i love the fact that we're discussing what the hell could happen in a fucking luke cage television series this is right <laughs> what a time to be alive what a great world we live in this is fantastic i just you could have only dreamed about this when we were in like like just 15 years ago we never would have seen this coming um i guess the the, the detective uh detective clemens uh was kind of an easter egg the guy the the cop who duke shoots in the face yeah the uh i mean he he's he was in i think daredevil or something like that he was a very minor character but he did exist in the comic books I was actually thinking that he looked like someone like he I actually pulled out the comic while he was on screen and I'm like I think he is the same guy like they found a guy who looks like him from the Jessica Jones comic who's interrogating her in that first comic um when Matt Murdock shows up suddenly um but uh and I was thinking too that he looked a lot like the uh reporter from Daredevil yeah yeah he did look a little bit like uh Bondi Curtis Hall a little bit I mean they do just actually dave and i were making some jokes because we were kind of talking about uh arrow before we started watching and i referred to uh um neil mcdonough as um the guy who looks like matt damon but you can get for cheaper and discount matt damon (laughs) well dave dave actually came up with the best term because i I was calling him discount matt damon and dave actually called him made for tv matt damon which i thought was much better (laughs) and i also said yeah direct to dvd matt damon (laughs) <laughs> and so uh, we were talking and we're like oh this detective like at first glance the first time he was on screen and I'm like is this short, is this like direct to DVD Morgan Freeman <laughs> well the dude uh, the dude's name is Clark Peters I'm fairly certain he was in The Wire I, th- I think he was one of the big oh, okay. the big characters in The Wire that uh, yeah that, that yeah he's just one of the big I haven't seen The Wire I'm saving The Wire like a fine wine 
I started people, watching The Wire the and it, that didn't, it didn't grab me. No, it didn't? Well, I, and that's kind of what I hear about it, where it's like, yeah, you're going to love it if you can get through the first two seasons. Like, that's it's one of those shows. Well, isn't it one of those shows where, like, season one has nothing to do with season two? Like, and that you, might very well be as well. I've heard yeah. that, too. Like, I, kinda, I, I watched the first five episodes or so, yeah. and I'm just like, eh, and I moved Because American on. Horror Story is like that, right? Where season one is... Yeah, I mean, they, American they Horror Story is, that is the but, same cast, but... Yeah. They're always playing different different characters, characters yeah. And then and then certain uh celebrities will appear for like one episode or so because I'm yeah. sure certain like Neil Patrick Harris and Michael Chiklis did like a couple episodes in the last season and Lady Gaga seems to be prominently featured in the latest season. I've heard that. It's kind of a cool idea. Uh, a couple of the Easter eggs, uh when Nuke sets fire to the CDC room, mm-hmm. the lighter that he had, uh the Zippo had a big American flag on it. Yep, there's that. Yep, one of those things where I was just like, oh, hey now. Uh, obviously, we mentioned the jewel costume. Yep. I noticed one that, and I, I actually, well, I didn't notice it. I actually saw a post on, I think, Facebook of someone else who noticed it because they're, you know, there's no shortage of nerds on the internet. Um, and I don't know if it was an Easter egg or just an accident. <laughs> But there was the one scene sort of near the end where Jessica's tailing that uh, dude, the one who came from the um, research facility. She's tailing him through the park. And they walk past, like, an ice cream truck. And in behind, like, on the side of the ice cream truck, there's, like, the Spider-Man popsicle. (laughs) (laughs) Really? And so it's like... that one. Okay, is that a reference? Or is it just, like, a stupid ice cream truck and it's, like, a stand-in joke? (laughs) Well, I... It would work, right? Because theoretically, Spider-Man already exists in this world. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, and is it a reference? Is it not a reference? Yeah, like, is it just would... a coincidence? Like, eh, who knows? Those things do exist in real life. There are Spider-Man yeah. popsicles. And that's just it. Life. Like, yeah. did they just get like a standard ice cream popsicle sign and put it on this truck and never gave it a second thought, right? Yeah. The uh, obviously the Rosario Dawson cameo in the last episode was a nice little uh, the Luke Cage hospital scene where Luke Cage that can't was actually that was fun. Yeah. can't actually receive medical treatment. That was from the comic books too. That was from the uh, after Alias was over. They ran a series called The Pulse, and it was the after stuff where Jessica Jones and Luke Cage are married and they have a, a kid, mm-hmm. and just. Like and just the whole thing where Luke Cage has to go to the hospital and, and they're trying to like stick needles in him and stuff and and well and and, and here's and here's maybe another like minor nitpick of the series but maybe this is just me not really knowing a whole lot about Luke Cage but I imagine a lot of people who are watching this don't um, I when they said Unbreakable Skin like fairly early on uh, maybe this is just me you know jumping to conclusions on my jump to conclusions Matt. But I assumed invulnerable, <laughs> and not just literally that his skin was unbreakable. <laughs> so when he got blunt force trauma from being shot in the head, I'm like, huh, <laughs> that dude just passed the hell out. <laughs> like, I, I figured he would have shrugged that off. Well, but, yeah, I think I think what you're, what, what we're led to believe with that was when she took the shotgun blast to his head, mm-hmm. it like send him because obviously even with unbreakable skin you're gonna feel the yeah there's the, a lot the, of force, the force of a shotgun hitting you in the face from two inches away yep and i think what we're led to believe was his brain in in the thing basically like a soapy sponge moved you know so hard in from the force 
was that it like concussed him so badly that he passed out. Yeah, I, like that it was, was how a I blunt force trauma. Yeah, that that was how bad I took it. Was just that the that shock, he had, like some sort of brain swelling and stuff like that that they needed to reduce, and they weren't yeah. doing it with drugs clearly. So, and I wanted to ask my 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 PhD having many degrees, having a father who is an official medical doctor. I wouldn't yeah. know if there was any truth to the procedure where they went through intraocular. Yeah. Intraocular yeah, to extract the, yeah, but cerebral. That is a no thing. Fluid. I don't know if they would do it to pull fluid out. Yeah. But, just, I mean, yeah. That was the thing. But like, how do you ask your dad something like that? Right? Like my dad, who is so not into this comic booky type stuff. I'm like, how do I explain to him? I'm like, well, Dad, there's this guy with unbreakable skin. So after he got shotgun in the face, so take that on faith. Let's yeah. <laughs> so like, let me ask you this: like, is this possible? So I wasn't like, we'll just that's one of those things that I won't I won't question. We'll just go with it. I just want I was just wondering for my own curiosity if that was next episode's special guest star. Glenn. Yeah, that actually be Doctor Pierce. Oh man. I just I imagine the second question just what the hell are you doing here, Matt? <laughs> like, <would> interview over. <laughs> so this interview's over. <laughs> um, one it's of the other the Avengers Tower was in the background of the opening. That was a fun little. Uh, was it? Yeah, fun little opening. We never saw it in the actual. Yeah, I need to actually. I, like I said, I only saw the opening maybe twice. And... Yeah, we never actually saw it. There's the one where we get the long shot, and it's like Jessica Jones is really tiny in the frame. I, I think it's supposed to be Jessica Jones anyway. There, there's a female figure, very tiny in the frame, and it's like everything else is this shot of this uh, street of Hell's Kitchen, and then kind of in the background you see the Avengers building. <laughs> and we never actually saw it in any of the television show or anything like it's yeah. skyline there was a part where i don't remember who but someone comes up to jessica jones when she's like in the middle and she's in Kilgrave mode and someone comes up to her to ask to try to hire her and she says let me refer to you refer you to a different uh private detective and she says the name angela del toro yep. who is white tiger in daredevil she yeah is one of the, she joins like the heroes for hire on occasion and helps fight people. She's mostly featured in daredevil and iron fist comics. And she's this, uh, really attractive Spanish chick who dresses up in this really attractive white tiger outfit. And she's a martial artist and does other cool stuff. And Del Toro. I'm fairly certain her, which is funny because the name means of the bowl. <laughs> Her character is similar to Vixen's, where she has, like, a jade amulet, and she kind of gets her powers from this jade amulet. What's that? Marvel characters closely mirroring DC? Yeah, what are the odds, right? Thanos is basically a cheap Darkseid? Yeah. <laughs> what? Shots fired, Miller. Shots fired. I'm sorry. I'm just calling like I see it. Yeah. Um, you remember the scene when they were interviewing people that might have been Kilgrave victims? Yep. some of them were but like that whole montage yeah i like that montage <laughs> there was the one like ultra the dude who said like there was a chinese guy with red eyes chinese guy with red eyes that could be i figured that was a reference to something could be zhao zhao chang who is a guy who iron fist fights and when he fights he, he basically he has the spirit of a demon inside of him it's like some ancient chinese kind of devil demon thing and occasionally he gets red eyes and can kind of get people to gets down with the sickness. Yeah, a little bit. Get gets people to uh you know move it. Um the last one that I saw 
was the IGH thing that they kept. Yeah. This is my theory, and this could be complete fan theory. Now, you can call you can call me crazy or call me dumb or whatever, or, or just maybe say I'm on something. This, to borrow a phrase from another show that uh, I follow with great passion, Tim and Sid, am I on to something or make a relax here? <laughs> the, the IGH, in the comic books, it was always referred to as the MGH, and the MGH refers to mutant growth hormone. And the mutant growth hormone was created by Hank McCoy. Yep. As we know. (laughs) As we know as Beast. And it was in his effort to stop the, you know, to stop his own mutation and stuff. He he attempted to isolate the mutant growth hormone. And then, of course, people, when he did, people stole this ability to create other mutants for the government, right? Mm -hmm. So they had MGH in the comic books. And this we have IGH. In humans? (laughs) Yes. We know that they do not have the rights to the mutants for this particular, for the MCU, but they do have the rights to the Inhumans. The Inhumans are prominently featured in seasons of S.H.I.E.L.D. of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., seasons two and three of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., although season three, they've been, they had some good things going and they decided to take a, so far in this season, I'm going to say season three, they had a good thing going in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then decided to take a, a, a wicked left turn mm. and kind of abandon what they had going nicely there and I, and I didn't care for it so again to borrow from another television show tim and sid copyright tim and sid onto something or make a relax here with me believing that igh stands for inhuman growth hormone and they may do something with that in future television shows they're reasonable um may turn out to be a red herring <laughs> it, it makes sense to me i, I, I don't it. think it's a red herring they got to do something with them. whether or not igh stands for inhuman growth hormone or it could just be something completely different and it's another and that kind of makes sense because they're experimenting with drugs obviously um but the thing that because yeah, luke cage that... got his powers from an experiment right like they they, they established yeah that. he did it's very clear that Kilgrave did it's heavily implied that jessica did especially if she was on meds as she was recovering from a car crash um which is when she assumes that she got her powers. Uh, like there's there's a good, lot of good precedent for it, and I mean it even could be considered the root of Daredevil's powers because he got the he got a, some sort of chemical spilled on him that gave him, you know, sight beyond sight. But uh, well, wait. <laughs> good pull, sight beyond sight, very good pull. <laughs> Uh, that's it. I'm like I'm pulling this phrase from something. I don't know what exactly, but then I remember. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't know. It could be that. That makes a lot of sense to me. I don't I think I have the power. <laughs> Give me sight to be on sight. Oh, <laughs> well, great pull. Great pull by <laughs> well done. But uh, I do like how they're trying to make the fact that there are these what they refer to in the Avengers, the second one, as these augmented humans, um, where in the finale, and I thought this was a nice little tease, uh, there was the doctor who was, you know, kind of berating the uh, male nurse who couldn't give a shot to Luke Cage. Yeah, and then when Ro- <laughs> And then when, yeah, and then when Rosario couldn't do it, uh, they basically said, like, oh, you're one of those. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like, 
the fact that these common people might be aware that, yes, this is a thing that happens occasionally might mean that we see more of these people in the MCU in the future. So the fact that they could be leading up to uh, Inhumans um, on a more street level situation in like a Netflix series such as Luke Cage or Iron Fist going forwards, uh, or even later seasons of uh, Daredevil or possibly Jessica Jones. I don't know if we'll see another season of it. I imagine we will. Um, but it, it seems like that seems to be the direction that they're going in, and which is why I think that that's going to be sort of the crux of at least the beginning of the Luke Cage series. Give me your overall grade on Jessica Jones' Netflix show. Uh, I'm going to give Jessica Jones... Now I always give wacky grades, but this one I'm a bit more serious about because I'm not completely drunk and not giving a grade on the fly. Uh, I'm going to give this one uh, an 8 out of 10. Um, I think I've given previously, like I would consider Daredevil to be like a 9 or possibly 9.5 out of 10. Uh, I like this show a lot, but as we've demonstrated during this podcast, there's also a lot of nitpicks and things that I'm I, I don't think some of them are nitpicks. Some of them are giant plot holes. Egregious. Yeah, some of them are egregious plot holes. But. So I, I'm willing to forgive a lot, but it's still there. Yeah. And there's a lot about the show that I love and a lot of stuff that I like and, and I'm not sure that I'm supposed to like. So... <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 torn. Like I I, yeah. I like it a lot. I don't know that I will watch it again. Like I, well, I mean, I certainly don't have the urge to now. I just finished it yesterday, but it, it's it's good. But it, to say that it's the best thing that's happened in the MCU so far is a stretch. Certainly, Kilgrave was goddamn amazing. I really liked Luke Cage, and I'm super looking forward to that series now. Um, and those are my two biggest pulls from this show. I think. <laughs> Uh, before I mentioned something, Vixen was created in 1981 and <laughs> White Tiger was created in 2003. So yes, that, that was absolutely just, I don't torn. know. Was, I don't want to say it was a copy, but torn from the headlines. If you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think libel is the phrase. I'm not going to say that, but I am implying. Yeah. So I'll give you that. I'm my grade for Jessica Jones. I'm giving this a strong, strong eight, five. I'm going to say eight, five, eight, eight and a half. Right, yeah. I, I feel like that's the range because it's fantastic. They took so many chances with this show. Yes, I mean, they really stepped up and hit one out of the park. Um, I get that, but I can't give it an extra 0.5 for what it's supposed to be conceptually. I, 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 yeah. I like a lot of what they did. I like that there was a show yeah. that was more based on less of a fight and more of a character overcoming their trauma. That I think is one of my favorite things about this show. Yeah. You absolutely hit the nail on the head right there. Uh, absolutely. It was, it was less because Daredevil was all physical and bones breaking and guys taking punches. To well, yeah, it, it was how can shot. one man take down this shadowy organization? Yeah. Whereas this was, there's one guy, he's not super strong. He yeah. just has very, he's very influential and very persuasive and he ruined your life previously. <laughs> yeah, and how are you gonna? What are you gonna go do? About how are you gonna get over that? <laughs> and it was and it was all like mental and people trying to help each other overcome problems that they can't necessarily do anything about. And it, it's it's very human condition. It was and it was a very, and it was a lot of in in many metaphorical ways as well as very clear obvious ways. It was all about the balance of power and who has it and how are they using it. <laughs> 
Yeah. So so they're like conceptually and and as a theme, loved it. And I loved Kilgrave and I love Luke Cage, but like I've said, there are a lot of nitpicks. So you might be able to argue me up to an eight five, but I'm gonna stick with eight for now. I think that's the range for this show, though, right? Between eight, eight and a half, right? I I, I don't think I'd say it, so. It, I don't think it reached that that coveted nine nine plus, but like the eight eight five, I'm still. It's hard to grade these things, and I, listen, the, yeah. because we grade everything that we talk about on this show, and we've talked about basically half the MCU at this point. Um, I want to make this clear. <laughs> I am not grading these things in a contained sort of universe, which is why I tend to switch grading systems every time I do it, which is to say that, yeah, I think Daredevil is better than Jessica Jones, and if I had to give it a number, I'd say nine right now, but I don't think that it's my favorite show in the MCU either. Like these things vary on my on the mood and everything like that. So I don't want you to say, okay, well you gave Jessica Jones an A, but you gave, you know, Thor two of six, and how do you justify? It? <laughs> like I don't know. I'm not trying to do that. I'm not a reviewer. I'm an enthusiast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I mean, we and we do everything on like a ridiculous. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I don't want our 10 listeners to come back at me and be like, Jessica Jones is perfect, and you gave this a 7, and how are you going to give this an 8? Like, I, no. Might have to do a little backtracking. I don't it's know. Just, I'm not going to do backtracking. Listen, but, this is how I feel in the moment. That's all I can do. I'm a, nice I'm a person. To, I'm not a robot. <laughs> it'll be nice when 2016 hits and we get to review and grade some DC content on this show for a... Uh, for a change, it's been been very heavily. Hey, listen, anytime you want to do a catch up on Flash and Arrow and stuff, like that's that, true. We do, we do the show. We do love those shows because I, I mean, imagine I'll, I'm sure I'll get some some people going, man, you love Flash and Arrow, and and like you'll slurp those shows, but eight five for Jessica Jones, and I'm like, listen, Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl are the closest things in my life I have probably ever had to guilty pleasures. Yeah, they're... <laughs> but they, I'm so deep into them, and I'm just gonna go ahead and say this, because we're not talking about Flash today, no. but Flash Season 2 is off-the-walls crazy banana pants, and I love it. <laughs> so fantastic. So, there you have it, a very... I, I, I want to say sobering look at the, the Jessica Jones show. I mean, yeah. I, how detracting we were. These, these, I suppose, I mean, it, we only gave it an eight and eight. Five. Yeah, exactly. We, we only gave it an eight and eight five and talked yeah. about how fucking fantastic everybody was. With the naysayers, because we don't think it's absolutely perfect. Yeah. God, it was, it was, I mean, I, I feel, I feel like we, we, we judged that fairly because we, we, we properly mouth jibbed all of the, actors in the show and 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 the writers for the chances that they took and knocking it out of the park with a lot of them but also you know we got we got to sit back and be like okay come on now you're asking you're asking a lot of me let me go ahead and say this too actually now that i'm thinking about it um much like i say that i'm willing to give everything in the mcu at least a chance because they've really proven themselves by now uh netflix original series have been kind of killing it (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's abs- absolutely not even like I, even outside of like Daredevil and Jessica Jones, like House of Cards is great. I enjoyed Sense 8, although people would disagree with me on that. People love Orange is the New Black. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I still really like it. Good stuff. What do you think the chances are that the Defender show will rate higher on your personal scale than the first Avengers movie? The first Avengers movie? Yes. Not the second one, because the second one is 
the more I think about Age of Ultron, the more I hate it. But that's yeah, a, Age of Ultron was, was something I defended in the first like three days after it. Yeah, I mean, I, we 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 and you can go back and check that out. We we I thought did a very fair and unbiased review of that movie. But the more I think about it with <laughs> Age of Ultron, I was just like, eh, like actually, you know what we should do, uh, you and I, if not some guest stars. Um, before Civil War starts, officially kicking off Phase 3 Marvel, we should do a good, bad, and meh of the MCU so far. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 certainly, yeah. Because now we've got some time and some perspective on it. Yeah, it's... It's not like, you know, week one, Ultron, oh man, it was fantastic. <laughs> not that I think we said that, but, you know, my my outlook now is a bit dimmer than it was a week after I saw it. <laughs> it's certainly something that we can absolutely think about. Well, it's a good thing that you brought up the Civil War trailer, mm-hmm. there, Miller, because it dropped last night on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Breaking. I, I honestly didn't even know this was coming. I, they, they so said, did I, which made our decision to record Jessica Jones today all the better. <laughs> exactly. I, it, it, they, they absolutely slipped that one past me. So when I woke up this morning and, and everybody was reacting to the Civil War trailer, it, uh, it, it really brightened my morning. <laughs> yeah, it really brightened my morning before I had to go to work. It was. Yeah, very- I didn't even see it. Like I, I was scrolling through my Tumblr feed and someone had copied it. I'm like, oh, I didn't expect to see you here. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, we, we, we briefly did that little nine second teaser that they did a long time ago. Right. Yeah. But full on two minute trailer thoughts, revelations, anything you want to say about the, uh, the civil war, Captain America civil war trailer. A lot of cool little set pieces that they kind of teased at uh, that I'm eager to see. I don't know how to say this because, I mean, I think it should be fairly obvious, but yes, I'm excited to see this movie. Please give it to me now. Yeah, it's, it. like, I mean, I didn't know, I completely forgot, and I was pissed off that they put it in the trailer because my brain plays these, does these things for my own, uh, my like, my crazy brain does these things sometimes just to help me out so it will increase my enjoyment of stuff. I forgot that Black Panther was going to be in this movie. Really? Yeah, I just completely, my brain just was like, I'm going to forget this, so that when you go to see Civil War, you go, oh yeah! <laughs> flip out, and, and it becomes that Holy shit! <laughs> but when I saw, like, uh, a guy in a, in a panther mask flipping around in that trailer, I kind of got that, where I was just like, oh yeah, he's in this! And he was like, flipping around, kicking, look like Black Widow and Black Falcon in the face, and stuff like that, and I was yeah. just like, so yeah, we're gonna have Black Falcon, Black Widow, and Black Panther all in. in Sorry, I think it's just Falcon. <laughs> it is just Falcon. While well, he was originally Black uh, Falcon, they, uh, <laughs> for obvious reasons have dropped the the moniker of of that half. But uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> fuck, I love me some Anthony Mackie. He is so oh, I, sure. I, honestly. I I have absolutely no reason to go see that. Seth Rogen movie where the premise just yeah seems, you know what I saw a commercial for that like I caught the tail end of it and yeah I was like man and then I saw well, another version of it where he was in it I'm like maybe though <laughs> yeah that was the thing right it was like the premise of the show just seems to be Seth Rogen gets stoned on Christmas and I'm like yeah well, well, just I mean, roll the camera up to Seth Rogen's house right I mean you know, exactly you know that and, and what but add it, another one to the Seth Rogen gets stoned. Yeah, <laughs> and I was just like, Seth Rogen gets high at Christmas. Boy, they're really stretched. And then I saw Anthony Mackie, and I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, man. I just, I mean, 
when, when he said, you know, like, I want to punch you in your perfect teeth or something like that. Tony said, although it seems, and I don't want to speculate, but I'm going to. Ah, I'm kidding. I love it. Uh, yes, I, you're gonna. <laughs> the, uh, the, did it seem to me like, because I've said this before, and I'll say it again on the show. The, the Civil War was started because of conflict of ideologies. Tony Stark wanted to unmask and act like a police force. Uh, Steve Rogers did not, you know, the masks protect our loved ones. I, I've already lost a bunch of loved ones. You, you don't blah, 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 blah. And then they end up button heads. Everybody chooses a side. This one kind of seems like Bucky is the catalyst for the civil war. Doesn't it? Um, <laughs> at least that's the, the feeling I got from the trailer. This trailer definitely gives that idea, yes. Um, but I think that it will have more to do with what General Ross is presenting as the Sokovia Accords. Yeah. Oh, it was good to see him back too. The uh, yes, <laughs> Sam Roth or whatever. Oh, what's his name? Uh, oh, geez. Sam Elliott, wasn't it? Is it Sam Elliott? Am I remembering the name properly? God, let me look it up here. You, you talk for a couple minutes. I'll look it up. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think that this is going to have to do because we've always seen. Um, in the movies that they've appeared together, Avengers and Avengers 2, um, where Tony and Steve have these very vast disagreements on how things should be done. And generally, they can put their differences aside and work together towards a greater good. And I imagine that's going to happen with the uh, MCU in general. But here's a situation where I think we're going to get a uh, a movie where their disagreements are going to take a larger role, where we're going to see them actually being acted out in a violent way where they're getting teams against each other and so forth. But uh, I, I think that, especially because in Age of Ultron, we saw there was the whole thing, whether or not they were going to activate um, Vision or not, whether Tony was playing God from the beginning when he created Ultron. Um, and, and, you know, Steve basically was fighting him the entire way until you know Thor basically showed up and made sure that he never really had a decision to begin with for some reason. Um, so it seems as though we're going to see the rest of that conflict. And, and I, I hope that it's not all centered around Bucky because that seems a little weak to me, but, uh, to basically have them, these two guys, Tony and Steve finally have it out. It, it seems like we might have a happy ending to this movie. That seems, I, I think that's how it's going to go. Uh, where they can kind of overcome their differences and take on a common enemy of some kind. William Hurt is the actor's name. He That's is, it. Yeah, William Hurt. Sorry, I, I can't believe. I hope I, I babble long enough. I was definitely. Oh no! Oh, oh I had. It. Yeah, no, no, no. I had it. I had it relatively quickly, and I enjoyed everything. But yeah, it was William Hurt who played uh, General Thunderbolt Ross in cool. movies, and he and he's back for. Well, do me a favor and react to what I just said because I think oh. it sounds like a lunatic. No, of you, you you touched on everything I wanted. I I wanted to talk about because the, the the trailer really made it seem like the catalyst for the two of them punching each other in the face. And that I honestly, and this is another thing that I wish that they, I, I wish that they didn't put this in the trailer. Cause this would have been so good, but the scene when it shows Bucky and it's like a two on one fight and Bucky and oh yeah, and Cap are, and Cap are bailing on him and Iron Man is trying to get blocks in. And the two of them are like tossing the shield back and like, like yeah. Bucky hits him with the shield. And then 
and tries to hit him a second time, but Iron Man blocks it and he fires it over to Cap and Cap catches it and clocks him over the head with it. And and Tony's trying to get shots in with the pulser. But he's down on his knees. <laughs> yeah, I just I was like, why did they put that in the trailer? Like, that would have been just... Well, they had to. That's the hype train. That fight scene is going to be goddamn incredible. I know, but... I don't care that they've spoiled it. I'm excited to see I just, it. I wish they didn't... Yeah, trade that that tag team fight. You know what I'm excited to see? That might have been less of a scene in the trailer. Uh, There was a scene of Iron Man and... uh, I was going to ask you, do you think John Cheadle dies in this movie? And Rhodey, basically, yeah. in the field, and he's got the arc reactor ripped out of his suit. Yeah, and he was, and there's a scene where he's laying there, mm-hmm. and it looks like Don Cheadle's passed out, and, like, the mask is up, and Tony has it, like, they both have their masks up, and Tony, like, sets him down and then looks up like he's about to fuck some shit up, right? Like, and I was yeah. just looking there, I'm like, oh my god, is Rhodey Rhodes gonna be dead in this movie? Like, is Don Cheadle gonna die in this movie? And then that's going to be when Tony Stark just completely loses his mind and starts trying to kill Captain America, which would be a fantastic way to go because we have That's had, the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had a... A hero die. Uh, yeah, we haven't had anybody go down. Like, and frankly, if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be Rhodey. <laughs> which is terrible because, A, I love Don Cheadle, and B, let's face it, I mean, we, we all love Don Cheadle. Rhodey Rhodes, the war machine is fantastic, but like, let's get someone that we, yeah, he's C tier. Yeah. He's he's absolutely C tier at this point. Although he was technically in the Avengers, right? Like, wasn't he at the end of, he was in Avengers too. Yeah. He showed up with the, uh, to help evacuate. Yeah. He showed up to help evacuate, but also wasn't he part of like, when they said like, when they set up the new Avengers Plaza or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was standing there, right? Like, yeah. Like him, yep, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was him, Falcon vision and Scarlet witch, right? Scarlet witch. And yeah. then, uh, cap and, and, uh, Black Widow. Uh, Black Widow. Sorry. Yeah. That was, I just, <laughs> I keep forgetting her name because I keep wanting to say Scarlet, Scarlet witch because Scarlet, Scarlet Johansson. <laughs> yeah. It's not exactly confusing. confusing, which is another word that I just made up. Um, the, I mean, just because, like, to me, that like obviously they're going to be fighting before that, and I think, that, yeah, if if Don Cheadle's character dies, that might be the the result of the 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 full on like I'm going to kill you, Cap. Yeah, that's going to be well. But it did seem like the catalyst was Captain America's like this is my buddy, and then Iron Man comes up to him and is like, no, he's a terrorist who is <laughs> part of Hydra, and he goes, but he was mind controlled, which you know, yeah. it's going to be. Which we know now. Is, Which we know now. Fucking prove it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not only that, but if if Captain America's uh, argument is he was mind controlled after having seen an entire thirteen hour television show where mind control is the prominent feature, yeah. Captain America's or Iron Man should probably be like, all right, man, he's mind controlled. <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess I, we know that's a thing now. <laughs> yeah, so that might be a tough pill to swallow if, if that's the thing. But it was like he was mind controlled. And he goes tough break. You know, he he'd stop. You know, he did, he stopped, like, he was part of bringing down S.H.I.E.L.D. and nearly killed a bunch of people. He's a terrorist. We got to bring him in. And then he's like, but he's my friend. And then he's like, well, I disagree with you. And now we're going to fight. If yeah, that's... It's it's interesting. I can see this going a couple different ways as far as how this movie ends and plays out. Um, the one is that it's the typical Hollywood movie, which is, you know, we are fighting each other and things get bad, but, you know, we eventually band back together to take down a common foe. Um, What I think is more likely is that they don't resolve their differences, but perhaps there's a temporary stalemate of some kind. 
and it's just always a constant thing until they band back together in um, Avengers three. Well, it's just it's kind of funny if you want to bring it full circle because the uh, the villain nitro who blew up in the who was the catalyst for the start of civil war when he basically blew himself up in a residential neighborhood trying to stop a guy who you know he ended up killing an entire block of of innocent Ah, trying to stop a guy who was essentially one of those huh sorry what was the name of the dude I, i always forget but he was the minor villain who just started shit in um kingdom come the dc comic did you ever read that I don't the Kingdom Come it sounds familiar. I it's just, one of the Elseworlds. Um what goes Alex on? Ross was the uh, illustrator on it. Oh god, I man, I can't believe I can't remember off the top of my head. It's um, considered to be a great guy. <laughs> oh yeah, I just I can't believe it it, it the guy who was just starting. I don't know how to describe it. It wildly features Dead Man, which I figured yeah. would be a few fans. <laughs> oh god. Um Oh, this is gonna bug the crap out of me. He might, need, he might need to stop for me for a little bit. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't just Vandal Savage was in it, Lex Luthor was in it, the Royal Flush Gang was in it. Well, it basically came down to, you know, it, it's the usual DC thing, and I don't want to say it like it's a bad thing because I love it, but oh, it's Magog. The usual DC. It was Magog. That's it. That's yeah, it. Magog. He uh he led the attack on Parasite in Kingdom Come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. It took took me a second there, but I got there. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was Magog. All right, all right. <laughs> it's also a city in Quebec, by the way. Which, and every time I see it on the map, it, it makes me laugh. I was about uh, to say that. I'm like, it sounds vaguely French, but okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the dude with the big goat horns. He, he basically right. looks like. Uh, but yeah, Nitro is the guy who blew himself up. He was one of the guys that was created by the government in the mutant growth hormone project. So, yeah. yeah, there you go. That, full circle. Yeah, that brings... That, that actually makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, full circle off, off, off of the, the, the tease at the end of Jessica Jones there. Uh, but, Especially if you're going to be introducing, like, more what DC would call metahumans. Um, that could be interesting. Because there's a lot I don't know about, like, what characters have what. Like, they're introducing a lot in this, right? Like, they're introducing Spider-Man to the MCU. They're introducing uh, um, uh, Black Panther... Yeah, they got to set up Thor Ragnarok again. Exactly. They have to basically sort of conclude or at least bring to the forefront this animosity between Tony and uh, and uh, Steve and then also kind of reintroduce Bucky. <laughs> yeah, and, and Ant-Man is supposed to be... Is supposed yeah, to there were a few omissions from this trailer because once again, J. Jonah Jameson didn't get any pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> Um, none yeah. of him in this trailer. None of him. None of Ant-Man who's supposed to be in it if you're... There like, was actually a joke uh, that I saw where someone on, uh, I think it was the, there's a Facebook page for the MCU because there's a Facebook page for everything. Yeah, why wouldn't there be? Um, Facebook and of course a lot of, fun. a lot of what they've been posting today is either like animated GIFs or like reaction shots to the trailer. And, uh, I saw there was one frame of the trailer that they like someone screen capped and zoomed in on and it looked like there was like a loose thread on um like captain america's uniform like on his shoulder so it's like this little thread that's like two millimeters long sticking up and like they zoom in they're like ant-man confirmed no, there's he, just, like he, a tiny man standing on his shoulder half-life 3 is confirmed you guys <laughs> <laughs> game new well yeah i mean i was just gonna jokingly say that although ant-man could have been in a couple of 
frames. Yeah, we can't prove that he wasn't. But we might not have known it. But yeah, they didn't have Spider-Man. They didn't have Ant-Man, who, again, if you're led to believe the uh, the, the end credit scene to Ant-Man, when Anthony Mackie turns to him and goes, I know a guy. And, yeah. and, and, and he, I might have to watch it like a fourth time, too, but I didn't see any vision either. No, or, or the Scarlet Witch, none of that. I, mean, I saw Scarlet Witch. Oh, we did? Okay. There was, there was a quick scene quick scene where they have their sort of face off on the roof where it shows like cap and his team kind of behind him and she's there <laughs> okay like, i mean she doesn't get any speaking roles or anything because yeah, it doesn't seem that way beats here as far as i'm concerned <laughs> yeah but well despite the fact she's one of the more powerful people in hey, listen i'm not debating yeah. that i mean we talked about x-men evolution on our last episode and uh yeah she was the one that everyone was fighting for like that kind of brought that whole show to a head when she showed up yeah, that's true. I mean, they didn't really establish the Scarlet Witch as the all-powerful Scarlet Witch in No, because one. because they couldn't. Yeah. They 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 didn't do her as the mutant origin. They did her as a, a an augmented human. That's true. But uh, and they never really define her. No, because they never they do. Never, yeah, it's always yeah. like I've got sort of mind control and also I can create visions and also I can shoot like energy blasts. Yeah, it's it's very vague. It's very vague. They they honestly they made switch. They made more of a of a they, they made more of a, a a basis for her powers in the in the Age of Ultron movie than they did and ever did in the comic books because the comic books it's all that may very well be true yeah honestly the most of what I know about that character is from X-Men Evolution which is not true in this universe at all because she's not a mutant yeah, it's not related to Magneto. That's true. I can't remember who it was. It might have been how it should have ended. Did the I, I'm I'm ninety percent certain it was it was how it should have ended. Dot uh, com that did, which is you know a fantastic website. Uh, they I think they did how Avengers two should have ended, and given the fact that in Avengers two, the uh, you know Wanda and and Pietra are fighting a series of giant robots. <laughs> like, yep. You know, having their, their dad, father, yeah, having their dad, <laughs> Magneto, show up. Might have been. I actually had that moment watching uh, Jessica Jones too, because there's the moment where all the cops have guns on each other, <laughs> and I had a you should have killed me when you had the chance, Charles. Yeah, oh god, that was that moment too, wasn't it? Oh man, I can't yeah. stop them all, Jessica. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so bad. So I, I feel like that's a good way to. So actually, before we go, uh, scale of one to one to ten, are, are are you more pumped? I'm gonna put you on the spot here with this one. Are you more pumped for Civil War, or are you more pumped to watch Iron Man and Captain America punch each other in the face, or are you more pumped to see Batman and Superman punch each other in the face? Wow, I'm putting you on the spot with this one. That's fairly easy for me. It's it's Captain America. <laughs> um, like I said, I'm very on the fence about Batman <laughs> Superman in general. Um, and I am more excited to see that movie now. They've actually, I don't know if you saw that recently, I think it was, uh, just a few days ago, they revealed the uh, first couple shots of, uh, Gal Gadot in, uh, Wonder Woman. Ooh, my goodness. And it was kind of like, here's her wearing, like, the tiara, but she's got, like, a cloak on, and you can see, like, one bracer, and, like, it's very... We're not really showing you anything, but here's some press. Yeah, just <laughs> Stare here's, it up, here's because I have a feeling they're going to be releasing a, a Civil War trailer soon. <laughs> I have no idea how they're going to, what, what direction, like, what, there's so much nonsense they could do in that, uh, there, there's so many, non- like, do you do the Greek god stuff in Wonder Woman, or would that be kind of, like, 
over the heads of... Uh, the... If, if you would have told me that uh, they weren't doing a standalone Wonder Woman movie with Chris Pine in it, uh, I would say no. But now I feel like they have to. I just That might be a bit... That might be a tough pill for, for casual moviegoers to kind of swallow. I don't think right? that's the case. No? I don't, know Because I think that if you can swallow the concept of Superman, which in my mind is more far-fetched, <laughs> because everyone has some sort of base understanding of Greek mythology. <laughs> I guess that's true. I, feel, I just don't need to know specifics. They can, they can give more broad definitions. Like, if they do a live-action version of just the animated Wonder Woman movie that had Steve Trevor and Ares God of War in it, I am sold. I'll watch the hell out of that. Movie. I suppose. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to picture how do you explain to to casual moviegoers how Ares, the god of war, draws his powers from actual war and stuff like that, right? It's like the same way you do in the in the Justice League animated, where they say it in like two or three throwaway sentences. I guess, but like I don't know. That's that might be tough for for the casuals to kind of like. I mean, I I would I would listen. Fun. Yeah, I'm coming from the perspective of a person who knows. Yeah, and it's but, like a hardcore. Like you and I are both hardcore Wonder Woman fanboys. Uh, I I think that they just kind of have to go for it. Yeah, I, I mean, the, I mean as far as I'm concerned, they're they're taking a fairly big risk. And I've always wanted a Wonder Woman movie, so don't get me wrong when I say this, but I think they're taking a big risk by doing one at all. That's true. I mean, what a world we live in. We we we. I mean, next summer, next spring, we are going to get to watch Iron Man and Captain America punch each other in the face, and then a month later, we're going to get to see Superman and Batman punch each other in the face. Yeah, the fact that there are like eight yeah. other superheroes in that, like the fact that Spider Man is in that movie and he's not even in the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> so oh, there's that crazy. That was one they kept tight like they want that one to be like a i get that they're trying to keep that one as tight to the best as they possibly can but wrap your head around the theory that like imagine yourself you know 15 years ago when Tobey Maguire's spider-man movies were you know crushing the box office and someone told you that eventually spider-man would be in a movie where he would be like seventh build maybe <laughs> yeah and like this because the civil war around the time those Tobey Maguire movies were coming out that was when civil war was happening yes in the comic books and that was one of those things where you were like now I, I wasn't a big fan of the civil war but as I was reading it I was like this is kind of cool they were like beating the crap out of each other right and then th there's no way you would have ever yeah. thought to yourself they're actually going to get to this where iron man and captain america are punching each other in the face just because yeah. i mean if you talk to a civilian and ask them to name as many superheroes as you can who are the top three that they name batman superman and spider-man yes and <laughs> yeah probably in that order <laughs> yeah yeah I, I don't think there's there's any debating that god what a I just can't wait. Two thousand. You put him in like number ten in a in a movie that has ten superheroes. <laughs> yes, yeah. like that's that's bananas. Two thousand eight was obviously the greatest year of my life so far on planet Earth. The Celtics won a title. I I met my wife, uh, or I met the woman who would eventually become my wife. It was he one of the... finally died. <laughs> Sorry. Why would, you, why would you do? Why would you do that? It wasn't all good, okay? The Red Wings. The game a little. The bit. Red Wings won the Stanley Cup, so it wasn't all good. Like there yeah, was some bad stuff. Heath Ledger died. The Dark Knight came out, though, 
which yes. is you know yes. one of, <laughs> despite one <of> Iron Man <laughs> came out that year. It did. Uh, like like I said, I, I met the woman who would eventually become my wife. We had all those great years living in the like the living. Oh, no, that was the loft. That so. was the loft year in two thousand eight. A lot of great things. There is a a lot of threats made against my physical person in that year. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to bring any of those up. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to air out our dirty laundry on the pod here, Miller. But <laughs> anyway, uh, 2016, just based on Civil War, Batman, Superman, and the Suicide Squad movie alone, I feel like is going to have a chance to make a, a pretty decent run at dethroning 2008 as the greatest year of my life. It, it's at least in the cards, and I, n- I never thought I would actually say that. Okay, I'm just a reminder to the people listening. Uh, he got married this year. <laughs> yeah, we have a new champion. <laughs> it's, it's the best day of his life. I We're talking about day. a year here. This year, I said year. We're talking about a year. Very specific about that. Does Carly listen to this show? <laughs> yeah, from time to time. She may never know. But I've also told her that the greatest day of my life is June seventeenth, two thousand eight, and that will probably never be de- there's no way that could ever be dethroned the only way that can be dethroned is if the celtics beat the lakers to win another title except by 60 points instead of 50 points i'm sorry like that was so good uh and a great way to bring an end to this one as i mentioned sports after we just talked about comic books for over two hours so god damn what time is this? It, it's getting late this is we're, we're gonna wrap this one up and we'll, we'll get this one up as soon as possible i mean i just i Jessica, just just Netflix, keep doing what you're doing with these shows and knock it out of the park with Luke Cage and then knock it out of the park again with Iron Fist. I hope we get that Iron Fist series. Although the No, the, it's happening. Yeah, it is. The it, it's been confirmed that, hey, those rumors, no. <laughs> yeah, thank God. I read, like, because I was panicking a little bit there because Iron Fist was the one I was looking most forward to out of these four. Actually, that's not true. Daredevil was, but... I was going to say, it's probably Daredevil, right? I, now that I've got the Daredevil, Iron Fist was the, was the close second. So that, the, the fact that I get to bookend Daredevil and Iron Fist again, fantastic. Uh, Kevin Miller, thanks for doing this again. I mean, I always love doing this uh, stuff with you. I don't know when we're going to get you on next because we don't, I mean, I yeah, imagine. So, no, no, no. I, th- I think that we're going to do some, uh, we're going to have arrow. to do some Flash yeah. Arrow Super. We're coming up on the fall uh, finales of all the comic book shows. So we'll, we'll get you back on in a couple. That's right. And as I kind of hinted at earlier, I uh, think I may have a new guest star for that one. <laughs> oh yeah. You want to bring somebody in for that one? I do actually. Um, I don't know how much I can say about him without having confirmed anything, but uh, his name is Nick. We hang out on uh, forums together now for, geez, nearly ten years at this point, um, and he's a published author of uh, of a sort of fantasy uh, noir detective series called The Armadillo Mysteries, featuring an anthropomorphic armadillo detective. <laughs> That sounds awesome. Why have you never mentioned this to me before? You know what? I don't know. It sounds right up your alley. Yeah, I know. Uh, quick side note, I've eaten armadillo before. I have not. Yeah, I have. How much leprosy did you get? I didn't get any. It was it was cooked, <laughs> and I had it. I, I, as, as, a, as, a, as a bon vivant and world traveler <laughs> and, and chef, which I'm only a few of those things. I am but so respected. I have tried some 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 strange animal meats in my day, and armadillo damaged the town to hear it. Oh God, what a great line! Um, Good night. <laughs> yeah, but a, a, so a little tease, and maybe, maybe a guest star next time we see. Uh... Oh sure, and like I said, um, possibly excluding yourself. I'm not even going to say that for sure. 
the biggest DC fan that I know of. The big, like, he is number one, the biggest Superman fan I know. Number one with a bullet. And that's saying something, because you are probably the biggest Superman I fan I know outside of myself. So Yeah, he, I, I think I'm number two to this dude. <laughs> and uh, I know that he's a huge Flash fan as well. It took him a while to get into the series, so he's actually just kind of catching up now. But uh, he was he was not sold on the series until Captain Cold showed up from what I hear. And uh, <laughs> like, I can't really blame him for that. <laughs> chewing that scenery. Oh, he's just a guy. I love I just, him. It, I, I'm watching through it with my girlfriend right now, and she's loving it. We're nearly done season one. All right, so we'll get you back in a couple of weeks, and we'll do our, our, our breakdowns of the mid-season finales, which are – I think we only got two episodes of Flash and Arrow left before we head to the finales as well. And uh, – yeah, we'll get you back in the meantime. Craig and Bill will be back next week doing our weekly football picks. Hopefully one of us can catch Craig, who's in first place right now. And, uh, yeah, thanks for coming and listening to uh, a, a, a very in-depth analysis, I would say, of the, the Jessica Jones series. We, we Rambling, though, it may have been. Yeah, that's true. Up, but that's how we do. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Very good series, very good series. Kevin Miller, once again, thanks for doing this. Take care, man. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would like to mention quickly before we stop recording that uh, this, I think, is one of the first episodes we've recorded since it's been live. But uh, you can now visit our website at thecrossoverpodcast.com yeah. and uh, subscribe to The Crossover Podcast on iTunes. Yep, officially on iTunes. We'll be giving the plugs at the end of the football ones, which I assume oh, absolutely. listening to. But... <laughs> so, yeah, if, if you're into current <laughs> events in the world of comics or sports, uh, this is the way to do it. Yeah, all right. Love it. Good plug. Wait a minute. Put a plug in there at the end. I don't even do oh, that. Absolutely. On, so. Anyway, uh, once again, thanks, man. We'll get, we'll get we'll get you back. Can't wait to talk about the ending of Flash and Arrow. Well, I'm sure I'll, I'll be drooling all over my desk. <laughs> <laughs> Take care. Have a good one.